Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Jamie. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number 19. And coming up, Jamie and I will be talking about Sweep the Leg, part one. Also in this episode, Spin the Wheel. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. First, in the red corner, hailing from the great state of Ohio, he's a conservative, a Christian apologist, and a pastor, the Minister of Pain, Jamie Goodlet! And in the blue corner from Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, He's a progressive, an atheist, and a math teacher. He's a weapon of math instruction. Scott Dickey! And now, let's get ready to dialogue! Okay, welcome everybody to the We Are Not Dead episode <laughs> Podcast, uh, we're still out there. We're still yeah, out there. Very much alive. And uh, you know, I have to, I have to say, Jamie, it's been ever since the pandemic hit. It's just been forever. Super- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just watched that last night, Sandlot. Ah, uh, good one, classic. So, um, but yeah, it's just been, you know, and, and I was thinking about this the other day, just how difficult it's been for us to coordinate our schedules because you know you're. You you know we we've talked about how you're a paramedic before and so that, I mean I'm sure that's affecting uh, your schedule there and then I, I'm I'm having to adjust my teaching style and and my classes and so forth I mean it seems like just adding a little bit to our plate just made it so much harder to coordinate yeah. and, and you know COVID, that COVID I mean it's I think it threw it through everybody for a little loop you know gave yeah. it, every it just made things more difficult but. I, I, Here's the thing. We're what two and a half years in now, right? With COVID. So I mean, right? Like two and a half or so. So I mean, at some point we have to hit some kind of new normal, right? You know where right. things are are more are more. St- I mean, we can't live in like a constant state of turmoil. At least I hope not. Huh? Like I mean, I guess I guess that could happen, but that would be bad. So I, I hope right. that we eventually uh, settle things down. Yeah, Maybe yeah. You would think. You would think. So who was the guy who uh, in the credit kid that, that swept the leg? Because it wasn't Johnny. Who was it? Right, uh, Bobby was. Is it Bobby? Who, sweep the leg, yeah. Bobby. Sweep, sweep the leg, Bobby. Yeah. Sweep the leg, Scotty. And he was sensei. He said, like, "You got a problem with that?" No, wait, no. <laughs> then he said, "He said a problem with that, Mister Lawrence." So that was Johnny. I don't know. There's. Uh, do you, hey, speaking of that, have you watched any of the uh, Cobra Kai? The new I, stuff. I haven't. Should I? Yeah, yeah. My wife and I, mean, I have been watching it. I mean, it was, I if, you like, if you like Karate Kid, I mean, it's it's pretty cheesy stuff. Yeah, right. But, um, but you know, it's interesting, and, and they have a lot of references to the show, to the to the movies, right. and um, so you know, we've uh, it's on like the third or fourth season. I can't, one of the they have just had a new season come out. I think it was the third or fourth season. Well, but, that's uh, the best way to do those kind of things, right? Is is you, you know back 
back in our day, Scott, when we had to like wait a week <laughs> for every right. episode to come out, uh, where now you could just just wait. I'm just waiting. <laughs> and then I could binge the whole season if I wanted to, which, yeah. which might, might be the best way to do that. Back in those days, if you missed an episode, boy, yep, you just that was it. You, you had to wait for a rerun. You were going to see it, <laughs> right? You had to wait for a rerun, like fifteen years later. But oh, so why on earth were you talking about Karate Kid? Is what I want. Well, oh, oh, I, well, because our next episode here is uh, sweep the leg. Sweep the and legs. We're sweeping had, the legs. But I had what four legs to my theist stool. Up to uh, your theist stool. <laughs> Wait, let's just let's just ponder that phrase. Your theist the, stool. My theist stool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the and the four uh, bits of evidence from <laughs> okay. you know the resurrection and uh-huh. the uh, fine tuning and the beginning of the universe and then objective moral values and duties. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I I threw those out there. We had discussed those at at length, and then uh, now. Uh, we're going to see an attempt here f- uh, for you to sweep that one right. leg out right. from. from so, so the idea behind this is that I was going to uh, show you. And so I was going to make I was going to, you know, I did it in the form of making a positive argument, making a positive claim um, that your arguments did not lead to the conclusions. And so. Uh, well, let's just take a look at the, the first part here. There's going to be two. It's a two parter. We're going to do the first part today. And so here is Sweep the Legs, part one. This is the main event. This episode, Scott has titled this one called Sweep the Legs. Sweep the Legs. Uh, You want to explain real quick your your (laughs) thoughts behind that? Well, I mean, it's not a, a, a very apparent it to you is, what that is, means. It's it not, it's not incredibly me. obvious. No, it okay. is to me. <laughs> so the idea was that, so this is going to be uh, where, um, so I'm going to uh, make a case against the original uh, four four arguments that you made for the for the existence of a God. And, and these were from the discussion that we very first had when we very first met. And um, so you kind of presented here, you said, here are the four, and, and I can't remember exactly the way you phrased it, but you were like, these were the four legs of the table kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and uh, so these four arguments, it was um, the, the cosmological argument, which we're going to address today, and the moral argument, which hopefully we'll also have time to address today. Hopefully we won't get off in the weeds too deep, um, and so we'll be able to, to do that. And then the third one was the uh, fine-tuning argument. And then the fourth one was the uh, the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you said that those four kind of make, make the foundation. And so um, I kind of pictured those as the legs of the table. And so then, um, so this is me, my attempt to sweep the legs. Gotcha. And yeah. so there'll be a sweep the legs part one and sweep the legs part two. We just didn't want to overload it all into one. Thing yeah, we didn't so. want to sweep the legs all at once. Right, right, right. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> okay, so, uh, we got to draw it out, right? A little more dramatic and, and, and so forth. Yeah, yep. so before we get going in the bulk of the argument, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to kind of recap a few things. We're going to talk about what is rational because a lot of what, uh, Scott, a lot of what you're trying to show is that the arguments themselves aren't aren't rational, that they don't follow in, in some way, that a premises is right. flawed or something of that nature. And so the question is, when we talk about um, a, a rational argument, 
Mm-hmm. We're, we're not talking about one that is an emotional appeal, right? It, it isn't right. something that is uh, based on emotional experience or anything like that. Um, it, it follows from just plain basic logic and evidence. And right. that's, that's what we're looking at when we, when we say yep. rational, that's basically what we mean. Um, there, obviously there have been times when I primarily, I think I primarily say this, I'm not sure if you do as much, uh-huh. but often I say, it seems to me that right. X, Y, and Z to be the case. Um, right. And that, that isn't, um, obviously it isn't a rational argument, uh, but if you take it at face value, but right, but that, you've, we've talked about it before. What you mean when you say that? And, right, that's not based upon like just what I think, based upon emotion. Uh, basically, I'm saying, given the evidence that we have, this seems to me to be the case. So it, right. it's it's that that's kind of what what it, it encompasses. So uh, so basically, when you say it seems to me then I'm going to ask you then, okay, well, why does it seem that way? Rather than just kind of drop it as, you know, this is the way I see it kind of a thing, which, right. which, which wouldn't necessarily be a rational thing to base an argument on. So we went, so we just want to make sure that we dive a little deeper into not mm-hmm. just what not. So we're not just looking at our, your opinion and my opinion of, of the arguments. Although of course that's going to be involved in what we're talking about. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be sharing our opinions and so forth, but the idea is that we want to go beyond that a little bit and we want to have some kind of reasons. Right. And so, and so that leads into, um, so my claim, why don't you sum up my claim there? Yeah, too, if, basically, if basically the, the idea that, that we're talking about here is that, um, the argument that I originally made for God's existence or for the existence of kind of like a first uncaused cause, this, this cosmological argument, that it doesn't rationally lead to the conclusion that there's some holes in it somewhere. So right, right. when we're talking about um, your attempt in this is to basically say, point out those holes and say, hey, these holes, not only are, are they, they, they holes, but they're significant in the argument. And they're right. significant enough to cripple the argument as so that it doesn't follow. Uh, the right, evidence right. doesn't follow to, to lead to the conclusion. So, right, right. So, so basically, so, and so, um, so what I'm saying is that the, um, the conclusions that you came to don't follow rationally from the arguments right. that you gave. Yep. yep. Okay. So why don't you then give um, uh, once over sure. uh, the uh, basic, cos- uh, basic cosmological argument, specifically this will be the Kalam. Right, right. So what we're doing here, by the way, is we're trying to set it up so that I'm trying to explain what Jamie's argument is, and then he's going to try to explain what my argument is just as a way to kind of checking ourselves to make sure that we're understanding what the other person is saying. And so when we're looking at the argument from the beginning of the universe, or commonly called the cosmological argument, or in this case, specifically the Kalam cosmological argument, there are other variations and and uh, other types of arguments along that same line. But uh, what we're looking at is the idea that um, it's based off of two premises and comes to a single conclusion. The first premise is that everything that begins to exist has a cause. Uh, The second premise is that the universe had a beginning. And then the third, the conclusion then would be, therefore, the universe had a cause. And and so uh, right off the bat, we can say that in itself is a valid argument. And that means that if the premises are true, then it follows that the conclusion would also be true. 
And so really what we're, uh, when, when we're attacking, well, I, I don't know, why don't you say, so what, what are my contentions then against yeah, so, this? So basically there, there are a, um, we're not going to be dealing at all with the conclusion, right? We're going to be dealing with the premises. So um, there's a few things that, that you would say that, that don't jive in the premises. There are certain bits of evidence that don't seem to, um, uh, to be true in your estimation when it comes to those premise number one and premise number two. And mm-hmm. so the, the first one uh, that we talked about is um, th- that you claim that, um, well, basic, well, why you, I mean, do you want to go through that since you were the one making the claim? Sure, sure. So on, on this one, on, uh, so we're talking about uh, the argument that we had. Um, this was in our first episode, right? When yeah. we were talking about this. And during our discussion, um, I claimed that uh, the first premise actually had been proven false, right? Not only did, did we, not only have we not established that the first premise was true, but it's demonstrably false. And we're talking about here that uh, everything that begins to exist has a cause. And uh, and so during our discussion, I had said that uh, physicists had shown that there were these things that were happening without uh, without any cause, and they were they could demonstrate that it didn't have a cause. Um, and then. Um, and then I, I was going to uh, look up some particular experimental results or something that I had could use to back my to back up my claim there. And since then, I haven't been able to find it. And, and, and I'm not sure what happened there. And what's what's probably what happened is I was either misremembering the experiment or or maybe I just made it up. I don't know. I, you know, I thought I thought I was based <laughs> off of that. And so um <laughs> I, I don't think you made it up. <laughs> it's probably, well, I, I don't think I did, it, but it we probably got, you know, just we gotta, got removed or something. We, I mean, we got We got We got to entertain the possibility. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't back up. The point is that I couldn't back up what I said there. So I need to walk that back. And so um, if I couldn't find uh, the evidential support for my claim, then I'll have to withdraw that claim. So um, so that's fine. So I'll, I'll step that one back that we haven't um, literally proven the first premise to be false. However, that does nothing to show, you know, just because we can't prove it false doesn't necessarily mean um, that it's been demonstrated to be true. And so mm-hmm. why don't you uh, why don't you take it then from here? Yeah. So. Um, so the, the premise, everything that begins to exist has a cause. So the question is, is why would I think that to be the case? And so. um you know, one of the reasons why I mentioned, I think, in the first episode was that we don't have any reason to think that things can come into existence uncaused. Like all of our experiential um, knowledge, everything that we've ever experienced, uh, always if something becomes um to be or comes to be, it always has a cause. We can always trace it back to a cause. And so... um so that was my kind of my one of my first parts of the argument was that, that this is experimentally just the case. And this is what we do in science is that, that we dig for causes for things. And, and we don't we don't just say, well, this happened and, and we don't throw up our hands and say, well, it's just uncaused. Like it, it happens so often, so consistently that that we're able to say that in, in all of our experience, we see that if something comes to be, it has a cause. So then um, are you saying that, so I'm just trying to, 
<laughs> I, I suppose we should come clean here for a second here, Jamie. We've actually tried having this discussion a few times already. <laughs> and uh, you know that this is not anything new for the God or Not podcast here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we have to make a second pass at it, a third pass at it. You know, we're learning here. We're learning. <laughs> and so, um, and, you know, it's some, we get hung up on things and we go down these rabbit trails and so on. And, um, and so... Um, I just totally lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm sure what I was about to say was very profound it was, and important. It was. It, um, it was the linchpin in your argument. Right. And since you can't figure it out, I, I think we moved to premise two. Uh, right, right. Yeah. So oh, I, got, I lose that one. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Okay. So anyway, so you were saying that um, that if we if we don't if there's if we don't have a reason to think otherwise. Okay. So that's basically, you know, to sum up what you were saying is there's no reason to think otherwise. Yeah, that and all so, our and, and that all our experience has has proven to be, you know, um, you know, that everything that comes to be does have a cause. Right, right. And so um so then so you think that that so your position, oh, now I remember what I was going to say, is that we're trying to focus more on just understanding where the other person is coming from. Okay, that's what we're, that's what we're trying to focus on more here, rather than uh, me breaking Jamie on air or Jamie breaking yeah. Scott on air. And, you know, it's and, and over. We, I can't we were, believe it's over. <laughs> right, right. I can't believe I believed this lie for so long, if, if we're, Scott. We're, if, we're trying, if we're focusing on that, we tended to just – end up in a mess yeah. in a mess okay and then, we yeah, might you know, release that some of that mess at some point as well, well. maybe maybe <laughs> if if we if we decide that we really hate the world right <laughs> then we're gonna unleash that they can listen the, to that world. right uh so okay so i just want to make sure that i i grasp what you're saying so you're saying that we ha we don't have any reason to think otherwise and, so, and you think that that's a good reason to accept something um yes in as much as is but there was also a second part to that that was in all of our experience Right. So that's got to count for something that um, that science well, is look is in an effort as a whole is to look for causes right. for things and that we haven't found anything to date uh, that, that that comes to be uh, without a cause. We're always asking, OK, what caused that? And so, we're you know, we experimentally, I think that that should bear some weight. The fact okay. that every experience we've had has proven that to be the case. But you say every experience that we had, but you have to admit that we don't have any experience answering this particular question. Of the the universe. Right, right. I mean, so so really we're talking about, really it's the black swan fall fallacy is what we're talking about here, is, is we, we can't think of a reason why the universe wouldn't be caused. And, and so the idea, the black swan fallacy just says, uh, you can't assume that all all swans or that there are no black swans just because every swan you've ever seen is white. Even if you go out to the lake every every weekend and you throw breadcrumbs to the to the swans or whatever, and um, even even if you've seen many swans in your lifetime, um, you you can't base you can't base that uh, you you can't come to the conclusion that there are no black swans based off of that. And so right, but everything that's the black is, swan fallacy. Everything is is probability, right? So like, uh, if I went to the second floor of my house and dropped a brick. And every time I drop a brick, it falls and hits the ground. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every single time I do it, no matter what I get and drop, it, it, it goes and hits the ground. And now I may not understand gravity at all, but I think I'm justified in saying, well, it, it seems to be the case that when I drop things from a certain height, they always fall. 
Right. So, so, so I, I think I'm making up. But you have to admit that we, that we don't have, it's like, it's not like you're just saying I've only seen white swans. Therefore, I don't think there's any black swans. It's more like you're saying all, all I've ever seen is white swans. And so I know that there's going to be no black tigers, right? Cause, cause, cause universe formation is not something that we're familiar with. Clearly, um, it's going to be different than say, you know, making a house or something like that. Right, I mean, it, but it's, I, we're talking about a different air you're animal. Right. You're, we, we've had it. We've had experience with exactly one universe and it's the, it's the formation of that one universe that we're talking about. And so since, since we, every, everything that we've discovered, everything that we've watched, all of these white swans that we've seen supposedly have taken place within the within this universe and the formation of the universe didn't take place within this universe. And so it, you know, the context is completely different. And so um, my we, point here, yeah, go ahead. My go point ahead. here is that, um, you know, we can, how can we, how can we extrapolate that far outside of our data set? That's something that we talk about in statistics all the time is we want to be careful when we come up with a model, because we don't want to extrapolate too far out of our data. Ideally you want to extrapolate within your data, between data points. Um, we don't want to go uh, too far above or too far below the data that we have. Cause then, you know, cause then we're, you know, we're going off into no man's land right. there. And so really that's what we're saying here, or that's what I'm saying here is that, um, the, I I think that this um, that this intuitive jump here that you're making is uh, unfounded, you know, because we we really don't have any experience. I mean, real actually, can I break in here at some point? <laughs> sure, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, can so I'm making less of a scientific claim here and more of a philosophical one, right? So uh, the nature of causation isn't going to change. Whether, whether it's causing ice cream to be or whether it's causing a universe to be. The, the philosophical idea and understanding of the nature of causation doesn't change. And so that's – so, yeah, while, while there's going to be a different subset Well, of, I mean, you could material, say that. Well, but, again, it's a philosophical um, idea of causation. I mean, that's just – and we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about material. We're talking if, – if our universe is made of only space, time, and matter – uh, and everything else within our universe is made up of space, time, and matter, then we're, we're not talking about some, something completely wholly different. We're, we're still talking about space, time, and matter, and we're talking about a philosophical understanding of causation, right? So right, that's but, but, kind of- but it's, it's different when we're talking about things that are made of space, time, and matter, and when we're talking about space time and matter as an as a complete entity i mean let, i mean i mean think about it have you ever actually seen anything be- begin to exist i, I do you say you, really i mean if, if we're if we're talking about experience here oh yeah i've seen my uh, kids. have we ever seen anything yeah. begin to exist i see my kids begin to exist right but they existed prior to that the the, mm. the matter was already there the it was just a well, rearrangement of matter. it's not so the matter well, in that case wasn't created well, uh, it, you, you know it, it's something that poof that all of a sudden was there it's a rearrangement of that you know your kid you fed your kids i'm assuming you, and, and and so forth and so um but you can't really believe you know, that again i'm i'm talking from a philosophical standpoint not, right. you keep I, I think we keep maybe talking past each other in that you're talking more of the scientific matter atoms quarks mm-hmm. and i'm talking philosophically so like my kid camden was uh-huh. not here 12 years ago 
Well, he wasn't here as he is today. He wasn't here at all. Camden was well, not here at every, all. Every 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 piece of of matter that makes it makes him up was here though. But right, so see that's what I'm saying. You're talking scientifically. I'm talking about philosophically, and I think that's maybe where right. the impasse is, or maybe well, where the uh, misunderstanding. I, I'm sure you'd agree that a philosophical argument is only relevant to reality in as much as we can relate it to reality, right? And so, uh, philosophical argument doesn't mean you can just say anything you want, and, and right. you know, and, and it has right. to be taken at face value, right? No. And, and so, right. so if you're saying that, if you're talking about causation, I mean, my point here is that we're fun, we're talking about things that are fundamentally different. We're talking about things within a universe compared to the quote-unquote beginning of a universe. And so, you know, that's it's my my point is that we can't. Uh, you know, we have to be wary of that black swan fallacy. And it, it, it's not you, you said the example that you gave is if I drop something a bunch of times, I have to assume that when I let go of things, they're going to fall because of gravity. But see that what you're there, you were describing was exactly the same thing, was exactly the same thing in the same context. If I hold up an object made of matter and I drop it, it's going to you know, it's going to be attracted to other other matter. And in this case, the earth, and it'll fall to the earth. But what we're talking about here is we're talking about not, we're not talking about something that we've seen ever. Okay. We've never seen universe. We've never seen things, anything be created. We've never seen anything begin to exist. Everything, everything that we think we've seen to exist, like you gave your example of your son, um, already every, everything that makes up your son already was there. It just wasn't in, you know, all of the neutrons and the protons and the quarks and everything, all of that stuff was just kind of scattered around in a cornfield and in a cow and, you know, in, in, in maybe in the grass on the on the on the ground, you know, and there it was all over the place in the water and the ocean, perhaps, um, and, and things like that. And so everything that was all floating around, it just hadn't come together. And so when when we talk about the experiments that we do, within the universe, we're really just seeing matter changing into matter and, and energy changing into other energy. We're not seeing anything kind of poofing into existence. And so when we talk about the universe, I, you know, I think that we have to be wary of those fundamental differences. And so, uh, so if we're relying on the, the um, just saying, well, we, we, we've seen it a bunch of times and we've never seen it happen otherwise, see we really haven't seen this happen a bunch of times because it's a truly unique, right? But uh, if you're it's truly no, unique I, within I our history, that. I get that. But if we're again talking the general concept of causation, so let me ask you a question mm-hmm. in, in pushback and, right. and like, because I, I've really, really wondered this, like, and, and I don't want to hear, I don't know. Cause I, I really think that's kind of a cop out here. I know you're going to say you can't know for certain, but mm-hmm. I don't want to know what you know for certain. I just want to know what you believe. Okay, like what if you had to place a bet on it, right? Do you really think? And now I'm 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 thinking more philosophically. Okay, do you really think that something could come to be uncaused? Like, I mean, again, I'm not talking like what you can prove or or what we, but like philosophically speaking, do you really Mm -hmm. think that we can get something from nothing? Yeah, and, I, and of course, I would have no way of knowing that. I mean, I, my experience is so limited. I my I have a, just a, a tiny little uh, 
little slice of experience from within this universe. And, and so we're, we're talking about on a much grander scale. And so I have no way of knowing that. You ask me, do I truly believe that something could happen uncaused? And I, I have no idea. I have no idea if something could happen uncaused. And if you call that a cop out, well, well, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not trying that, to be. I wasn't trying it, to be mean. I'm just saying. So it's much- not a cop out because it is a correct assessment well, of what I believe, and and I do not have the belief that something, you know, that everything that has to that comes to exist has to have a cause. Well, wouldn't you say though that at least um, on this scale, like if we're weighing arguments, that the the idea that that we see causation, um, uh, or that we, you know. I push a ball. The ball's uh-huh. rolling. The ball's rolling because I, I right. pushed it. That was the cause of the ball's rolling. So right. everything that we see in so our we do see things that ha- we do see things that do have causes, right? Or at least that we assume have causes, right? Causation is is so depending depending on on where your threshold for proving causation is, it can be kind of slippery. But my my, right? my point is though is that is that shouldn't this bear some weight uh, in, in th- with the idea that that we're at least justified in, in, in seeing, well, look, I mean, everything in our experience seems to have causes uh-huh. uh, for their behavior or for their things. Uh, so, so you don't think that at all is a good justification for saying, you know what? I'm, again, I'm not saying for, for certainty. We're, we're just uh-huh. saying that it's probably yeah, no, more I've, true. I've than never not. asked for, I've never asked for certainty. No, I, I mean, just you, reminding, you brought that up. Right. Just, just reminding kind of our audience too that we're uh-huh. that in argumentation, uh, something doesn't have to be even, even, even seventy five percent. It just has to be more plausibly true than not. It just has to have a fifty one percent, a more probability that 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 yes, you, we and you. So you don't think that since we see that 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 isn't good justification for at least putting some weight on the scale. That yeah, I could see that. Uh, I think it would put enough weight on the scale to warrant investigating the question, but I don't think it it certainly doesn't give us any warrant to come to any kind of conclusion. Um, you know, it might give us a um, some it might give us insight onto how to look into what was what was happening. Um, it, and I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, think it was a bad idea to maybe look for a cause, uh, but I think we're well short of 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 having any kind of justification for even, even if we have just even obviously if we lower our, our expectations from a hundred percent certainty down to a reasonable certainty, um, e- you know, even to the 51%, you know, threshold that you, that you were just talking about, you know, you know, we're not even close to that. We're so not even close to that. We have literally in- zero experience with universe formation. Okay. And so we say, well, we have experience doing this other thing. It's kind of like if I said, um, let's see if you can do this. Okay. I want you to solve this Rubik's cube and you can say, Oh yeah, I can, I can solve that Rubik's cube. I've put together hundreds of puzzles in my life and okay, well, we're talking, you know, jigsaw puzzles and, 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 you know, you're, you're, I, I have no doubt of your, your skills at the jigsaw puzzle, but it doesn't necessarily translate into something that is wholly different it, like yeah, like so, solving a Rubik's cube. And so, so I think the difference is I think that our impasse 
is, is that when I talk about causation, again, I'm talking the philosophical understanding of causation. Right, yeah, I know. Which is, I know. which is the same, whether you're talking about universes or whether you're talking about me turning well, no, on no, and off on that. Yes, the philosophical uh, no. concept of causation is the same no matter what you're talking about. Now, we might deal with it differently scientifically. You might make the claim that, okay, yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if philosophically doesn't mean it's the same for everyone. Right. So there could be person arguing you can make a phil philosophical argument for one kind of causation and you can make a philosophical argument for another kind of causation. That's what we're doing here. That's what you and I are doing no, right now. We're I, having a philosophical conversation on con on causation. But you're you talking say, from a scientific aspect. You can't say I, I haven't I don't I haven't given you any experiment. I haven't. Yeah, you're I haven't, we're about, not doing an experiment. Right, no, but but what you're talking about, though, is you're talking about matter. You're talking about energy. You, those are the things that you're bringing right, up. But, but what we're talking also talking about, about how causation works. And that's a philosophical discussion. Right. But and, it, it, but what you're saying is, is you're saying that 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 um, can't be the same because we're working with different material. Or different oh, different I ideas, and what I'm saying I, is no causation. I didn't causation. Say that. Well, I no. all right. Well, let me let me see if I if I'm right in what you're trying to say. Okay. So you're trying to say that what we experience here in 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 our world takes place in space, time, and matter, with all of these things already existing, just being rearranged and things happening in different ways. That is different than the than the kind of um stuff or thing or entity or whatever that that brought about um or that would cause a universe to be so you're basically saying is that they're 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 two wholly different things and i would say yes they are two wholly separate things i suppose but what we're talking about is the you can talk about different types of causation right mm -hmm. I, yeah because there are different types of causation there's you know um there's um uh, uh, why? Why did I just lose my train of thought? <laughs> I, I just did. I just did what you did. Anyhow, so but I, I think what I'm trying to say though is that whether we're dealing with universe creation or whether we're dealing or, or or universe coming um, caused or whether I, the light switch being shut off, the light bulb going off, mm -hmm. being caused, the philosophical idea of causation doesn't doesn't change. Now the the ideas behind it, in terms of scientifically speaking, you can make arguments. Well, that I, but I but I think there are flavors to causation that we're talking about here. Like for for example, you said that we've seen, you know, we've seen we've we've seen things being caused by other things all over the place. And but my, one of my points that I was making is that um, in those cases, we've we've been seeing matter. Con uh, converted into other kind of matter, matter converted into energy, energy converted into matter and so forth. We've seen a rearrangement of things. Um, even just that one part is fundamentally different than say a universe. I think that you would, uh, I think, I, I think it would be fatal to your argument for you to try to argue that the formation of our universe was just a rearrangement of pre-existing things, right? No, right. I think I, and so, um, I, so I don't think I was off, off base, um, you know, assuming that. And, and so just from that one aspect alone, we're talking about causation in the form of rearrangement of energy and matter versus causation of out of nothing comes, you know, ex nihilo. Right. So you know, we, we the difference, I think the difference we're talking about is you're talking about material cause. I'm talking about efficient cause. 
right? So like the material causes is the stuff out of which something is made, right? And I'm talking about okay. if, and, and so that can change, right? Obviously that changes. What I'm talking mm. about is efficient cause, which is basically the antecedent condition that brought about the thing. Right. So I don't think efficient cause changes, whether you're dealing with a light switch or dropping a brick or creating a universe. I, I well, think the efficient we're, we're, causes would, would still apply no matter what you're dealing with. Well, what you're saying is an action that precipitates some sort of change, right? Is that, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Is, yeah. is that the action? So there's some kind of action or some, something happens or something is, or, you know, something, right. there's something yeah. and it, it caught it, Cause well, I'm about yeah. to use the word cause well, in describing but, what cause means. Right, well, yeah. uh, so, so it like initiates the change, right? right? And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about that kind of difference. What I'm saying is that um, if we've seen any kind of causation at all, it's been one particular kind of causation. And so, if we make a hasty generalization, that's another fallacy that that we're that we're doing here. If we make a hasty generalization from that kind of causation to any kind of to anything that happens to. Uh, the a universe coming into existence, I think we're I think we're jumping in the gun a little bit here. But I think that uh, we're getting to the point. And you had a good catch uh, a few minutes ago when you uh, tried to restate what I was saying, and, and so that's good. We need to stay on focus. I have a little post-it note on my computer right. screen right here saying, reminding us to stay on point. So here. Let, just one final thought in that I think that okay. is our, and then maybe something for further investigation. Okay, and then I'll take the last word before we go. No, on. Sorry, no, go ahead. That's perfect. So no, I was kidding. Oh, I was kidding. Uh, I said, I said, yeah, if you want to, that's fine. I just want. I think our maybe something we can investigate further is the difference between material cause and efficient cause, and. I think that maybe that's might be where our disconnect is. Maybe not. You're talking more about the material cause and I'm talking more about the efficient cause. That's just, Mm -hmm. so maybe that's something we can investigate further. So I think, I think what, and I, and I just totally am doing what I just jokingly said I would do by taking the last word here. I think what we're, I think our difference on this point is that um, from my perspective, you're saying, um, you know, we've seen we've seen these things happen, so it must apply. I, you know, we're applying it to this other situation, and you're saying that that's a justified generalization, and I'm saying that the generalization is not justified. Right. And so, if the generalization were justified, then perhaps that would be a foundation for for coming to the conclusion you did. Um, if the foundation is unjustified, then perhaps it would not be a good foundation for coming to the conclusion that you did. So I'm going to suggest we move on to the second yeah, premise. Sounds uh, good. We've we've already we've discovered uh, through fire and brimstone that we are not going to come to an agreement on these points. <laughs> right. Through <laughs> so, literal fire so, and brimstone. Yes. So we, so we're already doing better than we have on previous re- yes. uh, previous attempts at this. We've recognized the impasse <laughs> as we're standing in front of it. Right. Boy, uh, that's a giant impasse right there. Yeah, I'm okay. not sure. Let's let's turn and go over this way right. now. Go, right. So let's go a different way. So premise two. So why don't, why don't you? Uh, yeah. So the idea, in there. the idea of premise two, um, is that the universe had a beginning, or the universe began to exist, and there were a couple of reasons why I thought this was the case. First, uh, I talked about the BGV theorem, the Borg-Guth-Vilenkin mm-hmm. theorem, which basically. Um, in a nutshell, uh, was kind of uh, an idea, a theory they came up with that basically says that a universe which is expanding on average has to have a past 
um, or a finite in somewhere finite in the past, a boundary point um, where uh, it, it doesn't go any further. So mm-hmm. it is finite in the past. At least that's what I thought the BGV theorem implicated. Mm-hmm. And the second part, and I'll do the second part, and then we could go over each individually. And then sure. the second one was the second law of thermodynamics, uh, being that you know we have in a closed system, so in a, in a giant bubble with nothing being put into the bubble, mm-hmm. um, the energy that is in there is going to go from a state of usable energy to non-usable energy, just like the Energizer bunny. If you were to walk into your kitchen and see that bunny banging on that bass drum, you would know that, well, somebody must have just wound this up not long ago, you uh-huh. know, because it only it's only going to go for so long and then it's going to wind down. And similarly, if our universe had been infinite in the past, uh-huh. I think we would see the, this, this, the energy moving from usable energy to not. So like our suns would, all the stars would be uh, already burnt out by now. And we'd be in a state of like the cold, you know, cold, dead uh, abyss of a state already. If, uh-huh. if our universe was past infinite and the idea is since it, since we still have things, energy um, uh, going on and we, at least I think we, we live in a closed system here as a universe, then uh-huh. it seems to me that that's another piece of evidence for a beginning. Of course, you had a few pushbacks on that. Right, right. So first of all, with the BGV theorem, um, so we talked about, you talked about how V in the BGV Flanken, thought yep. that, that uh, the theory, or that the theorem, I should say, it's not a, it's not a scientific theory. It's a, actually a, a proven mathematical theorem that they that they have there, and they're show and they were, uh, Vilenkin th- said that the theorem proved that the universe had to be past finite, right? We had to have a finite past, and uh, you know, Guth was the G from the BGV uh, disagreed with that, disagreed with that, and so we are so we can we can see that there is even some disagreement within the authors of the of the theorem itself. We also don't know, and, and, and I, you just kind of gave a summary of it, and, and I thought your summary was fine and um, was, was pretty much from what I understood the theorem to, to, to say. But, but do, do we, in fact, know uh, whether or not our universe meets the criteria? So, for example, um, if, we, if we look into our past, I think you know, we're talking about the Big Bang here. We're talking mm-hmm. about uh, when we're talking about a quote-unquote beginning of the universe. And so if, if we... Um, even the most detailed uh, model of the of the progression of the universe, of the growth of the universe, um, and looking back to the Big Bang, even the most detailed model cannot go past uh, the Planck time, the quote unquote the Planck time or Planck mm-hmm. epoch, right? That's the the earliest moments. You might you might hear about physicists talking about how the physics breaks down if we if we look too far back into time, and so that's kind of like a. a, a uh, an opaque shade pulled over that particular window. We can't look beyond that. So we don't know what happened before that. We don't know if the universe had been contracting before that. Maybe perhaps it was a cyclical universe that's also been proposed by some physicists where it expands and then contracts and then expands and contracts. Um, you know, oh, it, wait, we just, hold on. We just wait a, don't know. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. I think I understand your, your point the last time we talked a little better. I, I was... Because uh, see, I was under the impression that what you were saying is that because the Planck time obviously 
what they mean by playing time is super tiny, like super um, small amount of time. It's the the smallest yeah, they talk amount about of time. Like the earliest fraction of a second. Right. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Like yeah, ten to the forty third or something or rather like small. Like uh-huh. so. I, I thought you were saying in the past that uh, that the universe somehow could have been contracting for that um, fraction of a second. Yeah, in, in the, that's I was saying that. But but I, I'm trying to then just struggle to see how how the 13.8 billion years how that still wouldn't be on average expansion. Right. Yeah. So, so the idea in order for it to in order for it to be on average expanding, we have to have more expansion than contraction. Right. Are you talking more expansion time wise or more expansion space wise? Just or more both. expansion at all. Yeah, both. I mean, so the, so when if we're talking about an average, you take the total change over the total time. Right. If you want to find out your average velocity, for example, you let's say you went on a trip. To uh, to Minnesota, okay. You so you you came, you know, the twelve hundred miles are that's right, or however, however far you're going. And so, if you wanted to find your average velocity, um, you don't need to take measurements, you know, every ten feet or whatever right. of your velocity and write it down. You just take your total distance covered and divide it by the total time that it took you, and then that'll give you your average velocity. That'll give you your average miles per hour, or kilometers per hour, or whatever it is you're measuring in. And so when we're talking about expansion, so so if we know that the universe has expanded a certain amount so far, and and so but we don't know anything that happened before this this Planck time. We don't know any we don't know we can't see beyond there. We we don't know what's happening on the other side of that. So are you saying that, that, that possibly and, in that in that Planck time there was millions of years or billions of years? I don't know if that's possible or not. And and I don't know if that's what I mean, like I said, there's you know some physicists do uh, talk about a cyclical model. That's what that wasn't what I was talking about right okay. uh, before. And I, I said so. So it could have, there could be a variety of, of scenarios here that uh, that leave us with a universe that is. I'm just net. trying to see how how a, f- a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second uh-huh. could somehow override 13.8 billion years. It could, if the amount of, of expansion, if the amount of contraction during that time was greater than the amount of expansion since then. But if so, if so time I gave, and I gave space the, is, if time and space though is intertwined, you know, it, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. Like, if you said we're talking both about time and space, so we would have more time this side of Planck time than. The other side of playing time. I mean, that's the implication. Is if, if we if we assumed that there was a beginning at that point, or if we assumed that the that the the timeline was f- past finite, right? Which which is uh, if so if we assume that the past was not infinite, then then that's fine. Yeah, then that's right. So so one of the ways that we could not have a, an av- on average expanding universe is if in that sliver of time it contracted a lot. I. Uh, so if, it, like, so if it contracted, we, I think I understand. So if it contracted more than the than the universe has expanded, then it has that, expanded since. Then in that fraction of the second, right? Okay, right. And, and so another another example that I gave when we were talking uh, before about this was that um, if if somebody sees me paying you a dollar every day 
for a year, right? So it seems that I'm on average, I'm losing money. But if if they come to find out that the day before I started doing this, you gave me a thousand dollars instantly all in one chunk, then on average, I could be gaining money. I could give you a dollar a day for couple of years and I would still be on average gaining money, even though there was only that one instant where I gained money. And all of these days that I've lost, that I've lost money, I'm still on average gaining money. So it's, it's the net change divided by the net. So time. you don't so- think I'm justified in saying that, okay, all the time leading up or, you know, if, if we go from where the universe currently has expanded to, Mm-hmm. And backtrack the 13.8 billion years, right? right. That the, the universe has um, um, not just expanded, but is it seems to be um, increasing, expanding more rapidly as as it moves along. So I'm not justified in saying, okay, all that time, 13.8 billion years up till now, we've seen the universe do nothing but expand. Mm-hmm. I'm st- I'm still not justified to say in that nanosecond before, right? Because again, we have no experience. We we have no experience piercing the veil. We don't know what's on the other side of the veil. I we don't it. know. I get it, but man, that, we, it seems to me. But it's that, more than just that. It's more than what you said. It's more than what you said. Not also, only it. Not only is that a possibility, what you just described, but it's possible that there's not just a nanosecond. Obviously, it's much smaller than a nanosecond, right. which is an actual amount of time. But we're just we're using that phrase here. Um, it might be much long. You know, there could be, be, you know, beyond that, or at least we haven't eliminated the possibility of, like I said, a, a cyclical universe or. And I was just um, reading something today. And, and um, um, this isn't something that we talked about during, you know, when you first gave the argument. But if the pa- if the t- if time is infinite, then our average. um expansion would be zero if time is infinite and mm-hmm. the expansion isn't also infinite mm-hmm. then our average expansion would be zero right and so so that's so we just so unless we're assuming our conclusion right so the conclusion is that or at least the conclusion for this particular premise is that the uh, the past is not infinite so and so, I if, guess my so question if, we're, is, if we're not we ruling that to, out before we even start, I, I mean, I guess do my question to you, though, is is how much information do we have to have before we're justified in concluding something? Do we have to know everything, everything that there is to know about mm-hmm. something or about a situation before we can justifiably conclude? Ah, oh, this seems to be the case. I mean, because, right. well, no, because, no, we I mean, don't. There's, Yeti, there's there's lots of gray area there, there, in there. Yeti could be sitting there with a giant croquet mallet. A, a Bigfoot mm-hmm. could be using a croquet mallet and smashing our universe into expansion. That is possible, right? right? But uh, it just seems to me that we we can we don't have to know absolutely everything in order to well, I, I, I don't think I I don't think I said anything any anywhere close to no, saying that we need I'm, to know absolutely but everything I'm, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is we need to know at least something we we don't we I, I, know literally nothing well I, in fact our, well our, our, no, you know, we know when physicists talk about billion years worth of stuff but that's not before you know right. that's not what but, I'm talking but what about what you're asking is is we need to know everything we need to know even even no. that, well, hold on, let me finish. You're saying okay. you're saying that not only do we need to know that expansion, but we also need to know everything that happened in that nanosecond or that that Planck time second. So you want to know? I, I want to know all the expansion all the way back 
to whenever before I could draw a conclusion. And I'm saying, well, we have uh, everything up to that nanosecond. That that seems like at that point we could say, okay, yes, even though that nanosecond is is shrouded behind a veil, uh, it, it's not that hard to, to to fall into this conclusion because we don't have to know the in. Tire scope. So what I'm saying is, if the grass is green on the football field, mm-hmm. 99, all the way down to the, a fraction of like the last row of tiny seeds of grass, uh, I'm mm-hmm. justified in in probably concluding that that's probably green grass. Then too, you see right, what I'm but saying? What you're say- but what you're saying is, it, it, what you're the 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 jump that you're making here is you're saying, oh, the grass is green on the football field. So the grass is green everywhere. No, I'm saying the grass is green on 99.9999999% of the football field. Uh, it's not a far jump to say then the grass is green on 100% of the football field. Right, right. But I, I'm not saying that we need to know everything. What I'm saying is we need to, if, if we're going to make a conclusion that talks about what happened, quote unquote, before this plank time, if we're going to make a conclusion that that addresses that, we at least need to know something about that. And we don't. We literally know nothing about. In fact, we may not be able to find out. It, it might be beyond permanently beyond our grasp to even find out about that, about what's what's happening beyond that time. So if we were to find we don't, out, we don't know. We don't know if it was a nanosecond. We don't know if it was. Well, they, they say an in, in infinite in, infinitude of time. Right. We don't we don't know what's happened there. So and so. Again, we're looking we're looking at our tiny little world here. You're you're acting like we have this massive experience when we're really we really don't. We just have this tiny little uh, 13.8 billion years sounds like an awful long time for you and me, but when we're when we're talking about it on the scope of the universe, that's just a flash in the pan, well, right? Well, no, so, it, it, as far as we know, it's it, we it's everything we like the only thing that's excluded that's my point. is the nanosecond. It's everything that we know. Right, but we know ninety nine point nine percent. The we only there's only this we fraction. have no idea. Well, the BTV I, you might have theorem seen this. says that you might there's have seen a past the, boundary. You might have seen you know uh, you know there's a big pie chart and there's a tiny little sliver and this is this is what we know and you know this is the rest of the stuff is what we what we don't know. We can't say that we know almost everything about what we're talking about there. We only know a t- you know maybe during the timeline. So, so are you, we don't oh, know. So you're you're saying that that sliver may not be the Point one percent of of the whole pie. I'm saying the part that we know might be the sliver, even though it's the thirteen point eight years billion years compared to the nanosecond. Well, first of all, you know, yeah, we're we're conjecturing that far, and I think we have a pretty strong case that that is the you know the quote unquote age of the universe, or at least the age back to this particular moment in time. But what I'm saying is we know nothing about what's going on on the other side. In fact, we specifically say that our models break down when we get there. Our models literally do not extend beyond that moment. And so we can't so we can make a conclusion. You could say uh, that our universe has been on average expanding since the Big Bang. You know, that would be a perfectly legitimate claim. But if if you're going to say that. You know, and I, I think the BGV theorem uh, would have to address the entire length of the, you know, the entire age of the un- of the particular universe, and so, um, and and we we have no idea if that's what we're talking about. We have no idea what fraction of the entire age of the universe is this thing that we know. And so, since we can't, it and 
it might just be a fraction of a second. It might be an eternity on the other side of that of that curtain. And if we don't know even that much, then we can't say it's so if you were it's like if you were speeding in your car and you pulled up to my house and slammed on the brakes and screeched. And and I say, oh, on average, you're speeding. And and it could be that could be all, all of it could be that all of the driving you ever done was on your way over to my house. And it could be that you've been driving you know, below the speed limit for 50 years and now you're finally just arriving and you're so, just speeding up at the last second. Yeah, so I think I think that the, the, the difference here, what we're dealing with, is that as I interpret the BGV theorem, right, uh, it seems to me that what Guth is saying isn't that the universe goes back any further than that fraction of a nanosecond before the Big Bang, right? But that... that, that kind of what you've said that there is also another consideration where there's multiple bangs, right? The universe bangs, contracts, bangs, contracts, right? But what I'm saying is, it, it is I suppose, yes. Yeah, so I suppose what I'm saying is from that boundary point, mm-hmm. we're talking about a nanosecond and I'm talking about 13.8 billion years, right? So of that bang, of that bang, of this bang, uh-huh. I have right. 99.9999999999% of the pie. Of where well, the, we, we where don't know that. We, no, of this, we don't, we don't. of this bang, of this bang, you, you could say that it, there have been other bangs, okay? But the, according to the BGV theorem, there is a past boundary that can't go back further as far as uh, space time. Now, he's not saying that there couldn't be other bangs. You see what I'm saying? It's just like there is a physical boundary to the universe, right? But we don't we don't know the extent of this when you talk about this bang first of all the you know the big bang really wasn't an explosion it wasn't a bang it was just a period of rapid expansion and so um, isn't that what you know, isn't that what an explosion is i, I suppose but, yeah I mean, but people it's, say it's that not like I, a, I, people say that i mean i'm not busting your chops about this cuz i know what you're talking about but people say that all the time it wasn't an explosion and i'm like what the frick would you call it then like it, it, all this all this goes from a really what seems to be a really small area condensed area of matter ex, exploding uh, like rapidly expanding in all directions like that to right. me that seems like an explosion right but it, but it's not necessarily starting at a particular instant i guess is what i'm saying it's okay. not so like it's not like we can point on the timeline and say oh there's the bang that you know that's that instant right there is when the bang happened I, and i'm saying that you keep saying we know 99.999999 of this bang. Well, we really don't. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We're, the only way that you can come to that conclusion is if you assume that it started at a particular point, which is supposed to be your conclusion here. No, I thought, so, I thought that was the that, that's what I was. My, that was my understanding of the BGV theorem is that there is a past boundary and that we could. We could know that there's a past boundary. The The question with Guth is, um, isn't that the universe somehow goes further back in terms of space, mm-hmm. but that it, it could have uh, um, multiple explosions? So, you know what I'm saying? So if, if you assume the like the beginning of the universe as like the um, shuttlecock, you know, I think that that's the kind of the theory that... Um, Stephen Hawking's he, that he put out the that the basically there isn't a point but more of a rounded off area a boundary to space time 
Yeah, the Hawking Hartle proposal, yeah, right? So you're saying like that, that time cock. was rounded. Right, time time like, was rounded on the end. Right, kind of like a shuttlecock or whatever in badminton is what it's, at least that's kind of what it looks like. Okay. So okay. That, that that there is that boundary there. Um and so there's there's absolutely nothing past that that uh that boundary that doesn't mean that they, there can't be these explosions. You know what oh, I'm right, saying? Right. You, know, you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, let's put a pin on that point. Let's yeah. put a pin on that All point. Right. We'll yeah. come. We'll circle back around to it. Okay. Yeah. So, I what I'm what I'm saying. What you're saying is that, um, that, I, well, I guess I don't understand how you're getting to that. I don't. I don't know how you're <laughs> how you're getting to the conclusion that we're saying that that. How can we say we're on average expanding when all we know, for for all we know, we could have just this tiny little fraction of knowledge based off of everything. It could if if time does continue on, which is what we're talking about here. Um, if we're not already assuming that the t- that the past is finite, if we're not already assuming that, then we can't come to the conclusion that it's on average expanding because because it could have it might not have been yeah. it might not have been. I think and so we're we, dragging, we have no way of knowing. I think we're dragging. All right, or, we, we've 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 reached one of no, those impasses. Right. I, no, I was going to say I think we're dragging two different things in. Like so, we're talking about BGV and like second law of thermodynamics, and I think we're talking past each other a little bit on that but i guess that's something we okay can, we can uh, yeah let's let's address the second law of thermodynamics briefly basically my my contention with that is you know well the universe might not be a closed system and and so there might be uh you know we might be part of a larger organization we might be part of a, a larger structure um and there could like there like for example uh brain theory b-r-a-n-e theory membrane um one of the ideas is that our universe is like a sheet hanging on a clothesline and, um, you know, and that the big bang could have been like two sheets that were just banged into each other. And that, and, and that caused all of that energy and that, you know, and that caused that rapid expansion, that explosion. And so, um, you know, so we don't, <laughs> we can't know if we're in a closed system. Um, <laughs> dude, the look on your face. I wish our audience could see the look on your face. When you said explosion, I was priceless, dude. I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Well, so my comment about the second law of thermodynamics is we have th- that only holds for a closed system. And we don't necessarily know that we're in a closed system again, because we have literally zero knowledge about what's beyond the universe, so, which is what we're talking right. so about. So I would, I kind of have two pushback points on that. And yep. The first one was, um, wouldn't we uh, expect to find uh, if it was an open system, um, something where energy is being pumped in? I mean, wouldn't that at some point be detectable? Um, th- that was the first point. And the second point, I, is- I think that we detected the big bang, right? Mm-hmm. And so if, if and so if that was that act, if that if that was the result of this energy being put into this universe, if that's what happened, and I'm not saying that it is, I'm just saying that we haven't ruled out the possibility that it is. Um, but I mean, yeah, we didn't we detect that then? Didn't haven't we detected that? Okay, we can look up into the sky and see the cosmic microwave background well, radiation. I mean, the continuation of that is what I'm saying. So energy would. Still oh, if it con- happened again, then we would see it energy again. Would- but maybe it just. Well, yeah, what I'm saying yeah. is energy would if we would ex- I think we'd expect to maybe see something or be able to detect that. My other point was just the idea that um, even if our universe is somehow open and in, in, in energy being pumped in at, at some I mean, can that go on for infinitum? I mean, do you really think that 
let's just say we have our universe. Uh, again, I know that uh-huh. you can't. I know that you're going to say, well, we don't know. We can't tell. We don't know. But oh, good. Well, it's good that I'm in your I'm inside your head. I'm in Jamie's head. You are like whispering to him. At, 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 like, do you really think that we can have an infinite series of of, you know, giant universes of energy, one pumping energy into the other, which pumps energy in the like what I'm suggesting is at some point, it, doesn't there need to be a stopping point? Well, we don't know, of course. We don't know that. And so we don't know if there has to be a stopping point. And we don't we also don't know if this is something that's been happening. It could have just happened the one time. You know, if you hang your sheets on on the on the clothesline, they're not gonna be stuck to each other, constantly hitting each other. They maybe they maybe the wind blew once while they were hanging there and they banged together once and that was then you know, that was it. It might have just been so once. You're it saying might be happening all the time. It might be an infinite that there, you know, was there might a be cause. an infinite change there. There might be an infinite change. Maybe it just happens. You're saying there was a cause to, to the banging. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Anyhow, so I guess I guess my question, I guess my question to you is: Damn it! Oh, you got me. I know. Yeah, it. I, <laughs> uh, what? Like, how much value, uh, evidential value does we just don't know, or or how much weight should we give that in relation to maybe what we do know? So I guess my question is: is is Again, how much knowledge do we need to have in order to make an assessment of something? So I keep hearing from you. I would say at least some. I keep keep hearing from you. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Right. And I'm not sure if if that is a defeater for my argument. Uh, I mean, at some point, I I mean, again, because for all we know, a Yeti is is hitting with a croquet mallet that, that made the Big Bang. Yes, that's possible. We don't know. Like at, at some point, I mean, like even in science, we we don't it practically, realistically, we don't just keep kicking the can back. At some point we say, yeah, we're not 100% certain, but we have a good idea. Like the second law of thermodynamics is a very it's almost a settled field. It's almost a settled science in terms of what it is and what it does and how it operates. Right. Um, so but like what I'm saying is suggesting is is how, how much do we have to know before uh, we could draw a conclusion? We don't ever see that in the, real life. The thing that we need to know, the thing that we need to know is that. So you're saying that, you know, the second law of thermodynamics is settled. Right. And so the question isn't. I'm not, not saying about, my implications of the second law is settled. Right. Right. No, I, under, I I get what you mean. And so what we're saying, though, is not the the question that we, that we can't answer is not. How much do we know about the second law of thermodynamics? The question that we can't answer is, does that law apply to this situation? Right. So that's that's what we can, that's what we can't. Well, determine. It, it does apply to the situation. The question is, what are the implications of it? Right. So, well, no, no, it does. It, we that's we can't we can't decide. We don't know. We don't oh, know if, if we're in a closed okay, system. I see what you're saying, because you don't know if you're close. So. Again, this this is a never ending kicking the can back because no, I am only kicking the can once. Well, what if we find another universe? Then we, we, then we'll address. Then we'll deal with that when that happens. Yeah, but then what? 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 The the person, what the skeptic then will say is, well, we we have now two universes, but that's it. 
There could be a third one out there. Well, there could be a fourth I, I one get... out there. I mean, like it just is just going to continue to go. At what point then are we just? Well, you don't know that. No, I, we I, do because there there is nothing, as far as I can see, there is nothing scientifically that can show uh, with with any kind of even general certainty. Uh, mm-hmm. To draw to draw this kind of conclusion, because the skeptic can always say we don't know there could be something else. Maybe right. it's not so, detectable. So, like, so at what point do you go? Well, you know, at the point we we stop at the point where the person making the claims stops overstepping our knowledge. Now, I want to I want to bring up one thing that you just said a, a couple minutes ago. You said, and this. I'm going to try to get as close to what you said. You said, for all we know, a Yeti might be smacking the universe with a mallet. Yep. For all we know that this is what you said, for all we know that that might be happening. And that is exactly my point right there. Right. But my point is, how ridiculous is it to think that a Yeti is smacking with a mallet? Like, there are some things that we can... For all we know, that could be. Right. But my point is, is we're not... We don't ever use that as a justification for anything else in the real world because there's always what ifs. My point is because when we're talking about things that are in the real world, we have more experience. We have relevant experience when we're talking about outside of the real world, when we're talking about outside of our universe, which is what we're talking about here, then we have no experience. And so we can only come we can only generalize to the extent of our experience. But your experience is with space, time and matter. You suggest that that's all there is. So what else do we need to have? Outside of space, time, and matter, there's nothing. You have, as a naturalist, you have nothing else to work with. Space, time, and matter, that's it. We have experience with space, time, and matter. Right. I, I think what we're talking about here, though, is a situation where we we don't know what's outside of our universe. There could be more space. There could be other time. There could be different matter. Mm, mm, okay. Mm, what do you mean by different matter? Like, because matter is matter. So you, right. you, you act like we're talking about all of existence when really all we're talking about is our known universe, which could be a tiny little droplet in a vast ocean. Right. And I, but I get that. I get that. But I, what I'm saying, though, is all you have, all you have in your bucket to work with right. is space, time and matter. And what I'm saying is, is we're not going to find a different kind of space. Space is space. What, how, what, on what grounds do you say that? Because space has got a definition to it. Like, if you want to call it something else, then then it's something else wholly. It's it's not right. Space. Okay. And you don't I see what you're yeah, saying. And you don't, I see. I, don't, I, I see what you mean. I, I see what you mean. I, you're you're saying. Let me see if I can sum it all up. All right. Good. You're you're saying that um, our experience is with space, time, and matter, and so. And but when we're talking about the existence of the universe. You're, you're talking about all of space, time, and matter as if you could, when really what we're talking about is the space time, our handful, our pocket, our little, our little handful here of space, time, and matter in our known universe. Mm-hmm. We're, not making a, we're not making conclusions about that there's no space, time, and matter outside of this, or maybe things work differently outside of this. We don't know if things work differently or the same outside of our universe. Because we have, again, we have zero and zero is a hard number to overcome. Zero is hard. Okay. And, and so we have zero experience from outside of our universe. And so we can't, so we can't assume 
we first of all we can't assume that there is space time and matter outside of our universe and we also can't assume that there is not space so, time and matter so outside me, of our universe let me universe. ask you a question we have zero experience with the future right would you agree yes okay so how then can we conclude that i'm not just going to float off into space in the next few seconds because we're talking about we're talking about things that are existing now. All right. So wait. So you're saying what? What I'm trying to point out is that you're saying mm -hmm. we have zero experience with outside the universe, and I'm saying we have zero experience with the future, and uh -huh. and I'm saying that likewise, you're you're saying that we're dealing with things that we have now to determine what we have in the future. Right. Right. And what I'm and saying, those are what I'm saying. Those is, are based on the assumption that things are going to stay the right, same. Right. We're assuming that. Right. Sure. I agree. But it's a grounded okay. assumption. It's a good. Would you agree with me that that is a pretty fair assumption to make and that we're we're well justified in assuming that? <laughs> wouldn't you agree? Well, now we're talking about now we're talking about the problem of induction. But and so we wouldn't you agree, we, though? We can only base that. We can only say when you, if you talk about fair. Yes, I would say that that's a fair assumption. Okay. But but and my 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 assessment of that assumption is based on the assumption it's, itself. No, it's based upon previous experience, right? And the assumption that future experience will be similar right. so, to our and previous that's, and experience. And that's a justified experience. That, that I mean that's a justified uh claim to make. Uh, but it's it's only justified well, if we make that assumption there, to begin with. Um, no, because you're, you we're assuming, oh, yeah. we're, yeah, we're, we're making the problem of induction has been around for a long, long, no, long time. No, I get that. We're not going to solve it here. I get that. But what I'm saying okay. though is, is we're not basing our conclusion on the assumption. The assumption is a part of it, but we're basing the conclusion based on our experience. Right. So that, that's what I, that's all I'm saying. And I'm saying the assumption, the assumption comes in when we say, the assumption is when we say past experience can inform future experience. Right. That's the assumption. Right. But so, but what I'm saying is, is that assumption is kind of built and in, baked into the pie, but it, right. it isn't necessarily the pie. The experience is, is, is the, the pie. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, uh, but okay. my, my, I guess my, my part of my point is, is we've had zero experience with the future, yet we're still mm -hmm. justified. And what I'm saying is, is all you have to work with in your bag is space, mm -hmm. time and matter the way they're defined now. Right. OK, so if that's all you have, uh, again, why aren't we justified in assuming uh, certain things outside our universe if we're only dealing with space, time and matter? We had no experience, okay. zero experience right. outside our universe, just like we have zero right. experience with the future. But we're justified in believing those things will happen the same way. So, so, so yeah. if if we assumed if we assumed that outside of our universe, that space, time, and matter works the same way as it does in this universe, then you know, then we could come to those conclusions. If, but we'd have to do it. You know, we'd have to have that caveat there. We'd have to say, but we're making this assumption that when you're talking about the pe the the present and the future, there are you're 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 implying that there that we're still talking about within this world. You're implying that we're still talking about inside your house and inside that room. You're implying that we're talking about your personal experience that your brain is experiencing. You're implying that you're 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 kind of smuggling in all of those assumptions and saying well we're not assuming anything that we're not already we're, assuming over but here we're justified we're but justified we are, to but believe we're, that we're justified 
if we assume that. Right. And that that's fine. I've never said that we yeah, can't, can't make certain assumptions. What I'm saying though is we could we're justified in making certain assumptions in, in, as a part of it. We all have to make assumptions that's to do true. everything. We're justified in making certain assumptions, but it's the assumption that allows us to justify those assumptions. It's the experience. The assumption is baked in, right? The, the okay, I, I think I think we got impasse. an impasse here. I'm I'm thinking we should have a we should have a, a, a red bell. button or something that we can hit. Right. <laughs> okay, so 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 I'm saying that you're making conclusions about outside of our universe unwarranted, and you're and you're saying that you feel justified in making those conclusions. Yes. Uh, so let's, so let's assume for a second that, uh, so I said, let's go, we're going to put a pin in, we were talking about uh, Hawking Hartle for a second. Right. And so, um, so if, even if the BGV theorem does apply to our universe and it correctly assesses the situation mm -hmm. and it, and you can prove that we have a finite past. Yeah. Even, even if the second law of thermodynamics does apply the way that you say it does, mm -hmm. and it does imply that we can't have an, uh, an eternal past, because even though you can have a con you we could have, um, even if uh, entropy was increasing for an, infin an infinite amount of time, we still could end up with a finite amount right now. Uh, because we don't, we know nothing about, we know nothing about the rate that it's increasing. Okay. But. Even if it did show that there was a finite past, how does that show a beginning? And and so you brought up uh, the Hawking Hartle, where he talks about how, and this is just a proposal, right? It's yeah. not why it's right. it's not consensus. It's on the table. It's on the table, though. Right, it's on the table, and so and so maybe and so uh, Hawking suggested that maybe time was rounded. And and do you remember the example? that I give to you to explain what that means? No, no, I don't. I, I remember our conversation about it. Okay. But I all right. can't so, for the life of me remember exactly. Okay, that's fine. We've that's had fine. too that's many fine. of these, dude. Right, right. <laughs> okay. So uh, so if we, if we think of the timeline as a number line, Okay, if we think of a timeline as a number line, and so so these these theorems that you were talking about, these these this evidence, uh, if and again, we're assuming that it does show what it was intended to show that there was a that there, the you can't go beyond here, right? If the timeline has to, can, it cannot extend past the wall of the room or something like right, that. Right. We, we can't we can't make the timeline go on forever. Um, that still does not imply that there was a, a moment of creation, that there was a time, because in order for something to begin to exist, there has to be a time that it doesn't exist, mm -hmm. and then a time that it does exist, right? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, first of all, um, there might not be that first moment. Okay. So, if we think of the timeline as a number line, um, and I and I would ask you, what's the first? What What if time was represented by the positive real numbers, mm -hmm. numbers greater than zero? Right. What's the first one? And there is none. There is no. There is no first positive number. Right. And so, and so, even with a finite past. A finite past alone does not imply a beginning. But I think that what we could do then is bring in other other arguments. For instance, uh, the argument from actually traversing an infinite set of things or the argument from there actually being uh, an, an actual infinite set of something. Because what you're... What, okay. Yeah, so like, per perhaps then we have some room for future exploration. Because that's then. what you're kind of implying, right? When you talk about the, that, the kind of that shuttlecock or that rounded time, that mm -hmm. kind of how there isn't ever going to be a first first number because it just goes on 
for forever. Like for you, you, that's kind of what you're implying, right? right? But it's, it's still, but it's still finite. It just, it's there's no first moment. So, so you can have Reaper, a finite. It's the Grim Reaper, uh, uh, just with uh, numbers, basically. No, no. What I'm saying is that when we talk, if we talk about what the BGV theorem means when it says the, you know, we cannot be past infinite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, they they use different words than the words right. that I just used, but right. but that's kind of the gist. Or at least that's how I understand it. Which I could be wrong about that. But but what I think what you and I are talking about is if uh, a, a finite versus an infinite past. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is that even if you could show that the past was finite, that does not mean that there was a moment that we began. Okay. So so like just like we can't find a first positive number, there there is no first moment. There, or if if this were if this proposal turns right. out to be uh, actual, there wouldn't be a first moment, and so we can have a finite past without having a beginning, and and that's that's even setting aside from the the mind bending idea of well, if time and space are what we're talking about here, how could there be a time when time didn't exist? Yeah. So yeah. Again, and so you brought up the idea of there there may never have been a first moment, and then I obviously would bring up then like you talked about for further discussion. I would bring up the idea of, of the possibility of actually traversing an infinite set of 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 finite moments that are are discrete mm-hmm. and that are successive, because that's what you would have to have. It, they would have to be one followed by the next. Right. Followed by the next, okay. followed by the next. And so that's my, generally how it works. Yeah. yeah. So, so my point, well, intervals of time. Yeah. So my point is that we would not be able to tra- traverse without an actual true beginning to time. We cannot right. traverse an infinite amount of discrete, finite moments, um, successive finite moments to the present. Okay, so that would be that would be something that we talk about if, in if, some if, other if we, if we do circle back around yeah. that that would that would be that's your task is to show that. Okay, yeah. and so that's not my task to show it. That's just a, a, an option. I don't don't throw the burden of proof on me quite yet. All right, all right. Well, if if you do, if you don't want to make the claim, then well, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to back I'm it up. I'm just saying those are arguments that we could present, and we could go over those at that point. Sure, sure. Okay. So, um, so just to sum up our, our impression of this second premise is that you feel it's okay to extrapolate these things that we know to to cover these unknown areas. And I say that we don't, right. that we're not justified. Right. Okay. Um, and then, but then the last little bit was um, even if we do show that time is past finite, that doesn't necessarily mean that doesn't, we'd have to do additional work to show that the universe began. Right. And that's, yes. I, I Unless there's something hidden in the BGV theorem that I'm un- unaware of that, that posits there has to be an absolute first moment, then then obviously then we wouldn't, but yes, as it stands right. the way you said, yes, that, right. that would be the case. Yeah. So, so based off of that, so based off of that, that's why I'm saying that, the, that this particular uh, premise has not been justified. I mean, justified. that's similar again, to the idea of like when people, I often hear people say, so what you got the Kalam that doesn't get you to God. And I'm like, of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. Right. The, right. We, we just, but then, then there, the, the Kalam is always historically 
uh, and then proceeded by, okay, that now let's see the implications of this. What what does that mean then? And then right, that, right. That, that's what we would say then. And, th- and that's fine. Yeah. And remember, my claim was not that you didn't prove God. Right, my claim right. was that you did that the conclusion of each argument was not rationally supported right. by the premises. And so based off of the weaknesses that we've discussed with the premises, that's why I think uh, the weakness is fully in the premises here. Um, however, uh, not only that, but then also the tools that you're using to try and show the premises don't actually show the premises. What they do is they show you're, you're, you're not only are you attempting to, uh, expand outside of our, of our can of knowledge and, and, and making a claim that the, that, uh, time is not past infinite. You're additionally saying that, um, a finite past implies a beginning to the universe. And so even if we could say that there was a, so I'm saying not only is the premise weak, but the tool that you're using to try to prove the premise is also weak. Okay. You could say that. Okay. Um, so, and then we're, we haven't even talked much about, you know, what, you know, what could be going on outside the, right. universe. cause I think, I think that I could say that uh, at the very least you're claiming that there is something outside of the universe. Yes, at the very least, I would say that, yeah, if you want to... At the very if, least, if you think that say, there's some kind of spiritual realm right, or something like that. If we like can talk or, about outside, right? Because right. I hate that. They're always like, if we talk about before the beginning, I'm like, I get what you're trying to say. There can't be really a before. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get what uh-huh. you're saying outside. Uh, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So, you, so you think that there is outside of the universe, when you talk about God existing outside of time and outside of space mm-hmm. and so on. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not contending with that right now. Would you say that the thing that you do think exists outside of the universe, do you think that um, it's like our universe? You mean, do I think God is like our universe? Do you think what, whatever it is that you think is outside of our universe, do you think it is like or unlike what is in the universe? Um, well, I mean, I would say it's unique in certain ways. It's not wholly different, but it's, it's not made of matter, right? I would say that God is a mind, is an immaterial, unembodied mind. Okay. Yep. So, I mean. And so, so, so that, that kind of goes along with what I was, see, you you just spent the last, but it's you spent no, the last, what, hour and a half. I know where you're going with this. What I'm trying to say, though, is it, it's something that we could rationally understand. Um, we understand the concept of a mind, even if you don't believe in it. Uh, even if, right. if you don't believe in a brain, uh, we understand the concept of a mind. It's not something wholly spooky, weirdo that we're like, we could have never imagined or or uh, that's not at all what I think. Obviously, I think that right, it, it's right, a, but- that rationally we can understand and it's not something wholly unique in in terms of um being something we're unfamiliar with and i think what you're talking about is is maybe some kind of different something we're completely unfamiliar with or what you know what i'm saying when you talk about a different kind of matter or a different exactly yeah but i'm I'm, yeah i'm I'm saying that so 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 what i'm saying uh, so that would seem to support my position that we shouldn't we shouldn't make assumptions about things outside of our universe based wholly on experiences no, I didn't, from within our universe. I don't think you, did you hear that the last part of what I said was so I think say it again, I, th- sorry. I think that kind of talked to your point um, is that even though God is something unique, it isn't something wholly different. In in what I mean by that is it isn't something that we 
we can't imagine or we can't fathom or we can't at least in part understand. It isn't something outside of our experience in terms of like we have at least a partial grasp of what that is or what that could be. Whereas I think what you're talking about is something so unique that we can't even apply any of it. Like for instance, God, I think um, embodies the idea of reason and logic. And so I think obviously we understand those things uh, in Uh our world. and, And so those things are there. I think God has certain immutable characteristics uh, similar to us in terms of love. I mean, it's not like a different kind of love. It, it Love is love, right? C.S. Lewis at one point said, if, if, if God's love is something wholly different than what we understand as love, then I, not, I know not what God right, is. Right, that's fine. Right? I, I think I, I, I get it, right? You're saying... You know, if you think about it, that could be that could also be perfectly explained by, you know, people describe things in using terms that they're familiar with. OK, and so I, th- I think that's outside of of the purview of this discussion. But my point was that you spent the last hour and a half ta- uh, making the argument that we can make extrapolations for, uh, to outside of this universe from things that we know just about within our universe. Mm-hmm. And but then your your end game here is going to be to show that or to, to, to claim that outside of the universe is fundamentally different. Even though we might be able to describe it in, in particular ways, we might be able to talk about things in the same way. Um, and, and we couldn't do that if there, if there weren't people that claimed to have experience. Well, from I'm that, talking right? about, uh, I, we, I think we understand what it, what if there was such a thing as an unembodied mind, I think we understand that concept. I think we understand. Right, what that's that would fine. Be. That's fine. We're not talking about unembodied minds, though. We're talking about you're you're saying that my point is that you're you're making an argument about outside of our universe by saying it's okay to make assumptions about outside of our universe by extrapolating from within our limited data set here, and then but then your conclusion is to say that it's not the same, that it's different, that it's different in many fundamental ways. It, I, I would even say that. Um, if if we're throwing God into the mix, obviously causation, it works vastly different here. And again, that might be a, a, a distinction between uh, if what you say, effective cause versus material cause yeah, or right, something right. like that. Yeah. Or efficient cause, efficient cause. Um, but, you know, so that and, and again, that might be something else that we can explore. But that was the last point that I wanted to make on this uh, is that. Yeah, that point you know, is that is that you're arguing using you're arguing one way and then but your conclusion is the is the flip of that yeah but i'll give you the last word i just don't think it is i I think i I see what you're saying i think i see what you're trying trying to point out i just again i I think that we can understand uh what god is it's not something wholly some kind of spooky weird thing that that we can't even imagine and i think that's what 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 I was originally talking about is we have certain experiences in in and with the real world that we can extrapolate or assume outside of the real world. Right. And in the same way, I think that there are certain aspects about God that we can understand. OK, yeah. All right. But I see your point. Then point, at, at point the taken. risk of uh, at the risk of having this spin off into another point hour. Let, let's stop it there. Let's okay. let's stop this one here. OK, so let's look at. And so so again, my, um, what I was saying is that I felt the premises were weakly supported. And so it was uh, uh, an ira- you know, an irrational conclusion. You uh, say that the premises are supported and therefore, since it's a valid argument, it's a rational conclusion. Yep. 
Okay. All right. So next, let's talk about the argument for morality. Okay. Very okay. good. Yeah. So we spent a long time. We spent a couple episodes talking about morality, didn't we? Yeah. We did. Uh, so we. So this is a. So this is well tilled ground, and even so, we've really only scratched the surface. And so, um, I'll, I'll give the summary of the of the original argument here. So the first premise for uh, the argument for morality was, uh, if there is no God, then there can be no objective morality. Uh, the second premise is there is objective morality. Therefore, the conclusion is there is a God. Right. OK. And so and so, again, it's a valid argument. And so we're not addressing the form of the argument. We're not saying it's illogical in that respect. Why don't you kind of talk about my problem with that? Yeah. So your your primary your prime primary point was that similar to in a game of chess, where um, you have certain um, ideas or concepts about um, or rules to the game. Uh, once you have those concepts and rules, then, then it's easy to understand certain uh, moves are objectively better than others, right? So, um, but, and, and so as a society, um, we kind of fundamentally agree upon certain ideas. And then, of course, we can use then those ideas as, um, as, as as a um, as say the rules of the game, so to speak, and then we could have certain objective things that are better than others. Is that would you say that that's a proper summary of? Yeah, that sounded like that sounded reasonably close. Okay, so yeah, the the idea here is that the first premise, so and, and that's what we're we're dealing with here. The first premise is that if there is no God, then there can be no objective morality and what and and so our whole discussion on that was well there can be objective morality without a god it depends on what you call morality or not it depends on i think it, so it depends on what you call objective and what you mean by that uh, that was i think okay. i think that, so, so we can lump those together yeah, right. what do we mean by objective and morality right, right. and so and so what I and so the, the, the talk that we had was I was describing um, an objective foundation. I think that you agreed that it was a, it was objective. And I think the, the difference was that you didn't think that what I was describing accurately described what you was, would think of as morality. Um, but what we can. My point was that if there is if there's no God, we can still have an objective morality. It's just not everybody might not call it morality. Right. So we, we can still have oh, we can oh, still have okay. an objective standard. Yeah, but I guess the whole point of the the whole point of the argument was that if objective if what we mean by objective and morality, so mm -hmm. and I gave the example of Mother Teresa and Hitler, right? Mm -hmm. Whose objective morality are we talking about there? So if we bring it down to a certain person, then we could say, ah, well, what we have here is just an opinion, one versus the other. When you, I think what you've done is kick the can back to either a societal understanding of um, some kind of object, objective moral standard or a world kind of consensus of what is an objective standard. Um, and, but what I would say is that's, it's it's not necessarily objective in that um, if it's a societal thing, 
who's right, uh, Western well, democracies it, 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 or or I mean, it's objective. Hit- if it's objective, if we okay, so I I I can see that maybe we weren't as as much in in step on this I, yeah, as, like, as I thought because we were. I, under, I understand what you're saying. Of course, if 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 we decide ahead of time um, what the object of the game is. Then of course you can you can say oh yeah that this is a better move or yeah you should okay. do it this way of course that's the case right but, it's just that you it's just that one of us doesn't think that's the game we're playing yeah, you're right well, yeah we, because we think we're different we think we're playing different games or, or or my thought is what makes you think that this is that you know who are you to say that this is the rules to chess exactly that, right so, and yeah, so right yeah. And so, so what? So then, what it boils down to, and so, so that, so the argument for morality, as given, then falls apart. No, because 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 we can't. No, it does because we just agreed that we can have, uh, we can look at a set of rules and say that's objective, but, right? But it, my, because it's based on the object, not on the subject. Right, but the, right? but that's the point we're... is not not I, my, the whole point of this argument isn't 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 um it, it's more of a meta argument right so so of course we can agree upon certain things if we agree upon the rules uh-huh. the, the the so i i was that that's not the point of the argument the point uh-huh. of the argument is is to say um who, who are you to decide what 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 exactly. these rules are and so what i'm saying right. is is that's the point of the argument. When I say objective, I mean not not rules that have that have people deciding on. Like like you can't. I'm, I'm not. You can't decide that this is how chess is going to be played, and then say no, 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 no. This is how it's going to be played. And what I'm saying is, is what gives you the right to right, right. to make the rules? Exactly. Yeah. Let let me put my my little spin on right, that. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's stay within. Uh, I like the chess analogy here. And so, um, so if I say these are the rules for chess, we can then objectively decide whether or not a particular move is allowed by the rules of chess. Yep. Yep. That's the, that's objective is we can, you know, it's, it's a, it's a property of the move itself, whether or not it violates yeah, the but rules my, of the, the, the whole the particular, right, I, I, right. I, I'm getting oh, okay. there. I'm getting I'm there. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm sorry. there. So, so, so whether or not a move violates the, this particular set of rules uh, is an objective situation, right? We can assess yep. it based only off of information based off of the, the move itself. Yep. Yep. The difference is that I'm saying we're playing chess. You're saying we're playing checkers or some, you know, some other game. Um, okay. Or, yeah, or, I'm trying or to think we're, because di- we both we're agree. disagreeing on what we're disagreeing on what the rules are, but we, but uh... that's, that's the point though. So, so, no, I don't know word, that we are. I don't know that we are disagreeing word, on the words. Words don't have objective meanings. All words are made up. I think you'd agree with that. All words have been made up. Sure. In fact, the same word has different meaning in different languages. Mm-hmm. And the, and even in the same language, there can be different dialects. You know, if you talk, if you come to the U.S. when when I was in the Peace Corps, I was in Africa in a former British colony, and so they used British English there, and so. If somebody says, uh, hand me that torch, I'm looking for a stick that you light on fire, right? I'm mm-hmm. looking for like in Land of the Lost kind of thing, right? right? right, the, right. You know, the torch. Yeah. But they mean a flashlight. So, so, and that's what they call a, fl- you know, we call it a flashlight. They call it a torch. So, so what I'm saying though, the objective 
quality of morality is separate from what we're deciding to call moral. Wh- uh, whether or not a particular object is a torch or, or whether, you know, whatever that object is, it doesn't, it's, it's not re- uh, relevant. It's not dependent on what we call it. And so if, if we and I have a long discussion about torches, about the ins and outs of torches and the best kinds of torches and the best way to light them and this, that, and the other thing, and then somebody else comes along and says, no, torches are these things. You put batteries in torches and yet there's a switch on it. You don't light it on fire. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so what I'm saying, if we relate that then to what we're talking about with when we're talking about objective reality, or I'm sorry, objective morality. When we're talking about objective morality, and I, and I said this dur- during our discussion then, is what I'm talking about is we can have an objective standard for morality. We can have an objective standard, and we're going to call that morality. Um, I, so just like we're saying we can agree whether or not the move was, a, was, was following these particular rules, and I'm going to call that game chess, and I'm going to say that's, you know, that's the game we're playing. And so, yeah... yeah it was me choosing the game. And yeah, it was me choosing the word that we use to describe the game, but that's the same thing. You know, m- the word morality is not fundamentally tied to the concept of morality. It's just a word that we use to describe this concept. So do you, and so, do- and so that, so if, if we say, if there is no God, there can be no objective morality. It that's trivially false. Because we can have an objective morality. The problem is some people are going to, that, that standard that we're using, some people aren't going to call that morality. In fact, some people are going to say that your, your, your standard for morality is actually immoral from, from my perspective. And so what we call things is always going to be subjective because when we call something a word, we're, we're literally relating things that we know, right? We're, we're, we're enforcing our subjective uh, perspective on the thing by saying, this is the word that I use to describe that concept. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, I'm still like, I, I get what you're saying, but do you understand that the, the, the whole idea behind the, 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 the moral argument? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we, you almost missed the point. So, so the point isn't um, if we, if I stumble upon you in the park and you say, hey, mm-hmm. this is this game here, and this is how we're going to play it. It, mm-hmm. it, it isn't um, that, according to you, of course, like, yes, there are certain standards, certain rules, certain ways to go about it. Um, that, that wasn't the point. It was kind of like, what gives you the right to determine what the rules are to that game or not? Right. So, and so what I'm saying is that it, we don't need a right. Is, is, we all do it. We, that's the, our, our only way of interacting is through our own subjective experience. Is it? But is it? it is something really um, an objective standard, though? If like, so I guess my point is, if this is a societal construct, then what? Why? How can we place? Um, how can we condemn other societies? If they say no, no, well, no, no, we, no, that's not the that's not the rules I want to play by. These are the rules I want to play by. Right, and that happens all the time. And, so and the why, way that we react to that is we say, "Here's so what what we say is here's the standard I'm using." Okay, and clearly you fail that standard. No, clearly I don't want to use your standard. I, right. I have my own standard. 
So right. why can't my standard be um, the objective um, truth or the objective standard? Like in order for it to be like, well, it can obviously. Okay, so I, I, again, I'm I'm really trying to follow you. Like I I, I keep I, whether I or not something is objective has nothing about whether or not something is objective has no it, it doesn't depend at all about what you call it. Yeah, I, I think we're talking past each other here somehow. Do, do you? Okay, do, well let's let's. Uh, yeah, do you? So you, let's come together. So you understand that I'm that I'll say oh, okay, yeah, I get it. If you set it up that way, then yes, you could say you have an objective standard within that framework. But that's well, you not, you, you do it. You would have an right, objective standard. But that's not the moral argument. The moral argument okay. is talking about the framework. Okay. Okay. So, so that's that's the isn't whole, that what I said before? That's the whole point. Is 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 what, what we're dealing with is is why do you get to decide that framework? I yeah, I, that's what I, I said that before. So, so, but my point is is that that you can't say that this argument has been defeated if that's not the point of the argument. You see what I'm saying? Like, right? I, but I if if, the, if if that's not the point of the argument, then they shouldn't phrase it as if that was the point of the argument. If you say if there's no God, there can be no objective morality. But what we that's mean by clearly false. But what we mean by objective morality is not what you mean by object. You, you, what you mean. Okay, I right? agree with that. That's, I agree with so, that. So, so in order to defeat my argument, right? so you can agree with me if you want, right? You can say, okay, yeah, we'll go with you. We'll go, and so it says, if there's no God, then there can yeah. be no but objective you, morality. But but, but you're you not just trying, agreed that there can. But you're not. Are you trying to beat me on a technicality, or do you? Are you looking for the truth? No, I'm. I'm. I'm saying if if you're saying that the point of the argument is to discuss what is morality, that's a wholly different argument. They're talking. They're not talking about the the the. They're not. The argument doesn't hinge on the word morality. The argument hinges on the word objective. Well, it also hinges upon like. So I, again, I, why don't you? State for me what you think my argument is, like the main idea of my argument, because I think that that's maybe what we're missing. I I'm saying that what you call objective morality uh, isn't objective morality. It's yes, I, I see what you're saying. Yes, we can have some mm -hmm. objective moves, but but I'm taking a step back and saying that's right. not the point of the argument, that the point right. of the argument is is when we say objective morality, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about oh. the we're not talking about the little game that that everybody kind of uh -huh. said. Oh yeah, we should do this, and that's what we're, we're right. talking about. The the who gave you the right to right. to that's what we're okay. talking about. So so if that's what we're talking about, and I and that was what I understood that you you know I don't I don't think we're we're I don't at least I I don't feel like I'm misunderstanding your position. I'm saying. If the argument hinges on who has the right to say what's moral and what's not, mm -hmm. then they should mention that in the argument. But that that's that is and that has always been the implication of of the of the moral argument. That's always been okay. But, but not neither of the premises address anybody's rights to do anything. Um. Well, I, but are you telling me before this conversation and before our arguments on morality, you didn't understand? What we what the the argument the whole purpose of the argument? Yeah, and I always understood that the argument failed because of that. 
So basically you're saying it fails because of semantics. It fails because the argument doesn't address the point that you claim is right. the main point of the argument. So, so it, does, it doesn't say anything about anybody's rights to okay, determine okay. what's moral and what's so not. So that is so. Now let's change it because this is what I meant when we're okay. talking about when we're talking about All objective right. morality. Let's fin- let, but 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 I just want to wrap up the argument that was actually made right. before. But and the so, argument, so the that, argument, but the argument that was made before was I listen. Hold on, I I'm, was I was. This is what I meant by the argument before. If you want to win okay. based upon verbiage and semantics, fine. That's pinhole thinking as far as I'm concerned. That's not what I meant when I said objective okay. morality. So if you okay. want to say that I agreed with you and that you smashed the argument down, that's a complete straw man because that's not the argument I'm making. Okay, then if that's not the argument you're making, then that then that these shouldn't be the this shouldn't be what you say. Okay. Okay. And and that's fine. That's fine. So if if I if I misunderstand the argument, that's fine. Um, the way that I describe the argument, the way that I'm describing there, from my perspective, mm-hmm. do you see the point I'm making? I conceded your point. I said yes. Yeah. Okay. I said absolutely. Absolutely. But what okay. I but what I'm saying though is, if you want to hold up the flag of victory. To me, that's a straw man because that's not what I meant. And that's not what anybody has ever meant. When we talk about the moral argument for God's existence, if you look at the history of the moral argument, Mm -hmm. it is always baked into this argument, the idea that we're not talking about this kind of thing, this kind of chess match. So, so, yeah, so that's fine. And so if if it's a semantic issue, and, and it is, it's a semantic issue here. Um, but what I'm saying, though, is that the way that the argument is phrased is is it's it. And I'll, I'll propose this. I'll conjecture this. This is just, you know, spitballing yeah, off the top of my head. Yeah, why don't you give a better a better way I, I'm of gonna, arranging it? I, I, I'm, I'm going to conjecture that uh, it's addressed this way because to disguise the fact no. that really it's just an argument about semantics. No, no. Really, it's just an argument about who gets to say what's moral and who doesn't. No, so like... W- w- it's, it's, well, you said that was the whole point, right, is but, who gets to say what's moral and who doesn't. Right, right, but it, it's not like as if we're scheming, wringing our hands in the back room, hoping to deceive. I didn't say that. I didn't okay. say it. Don't, over, don't overstate just, what I said. It, it seemed so to me it, that's what you were it's saying. Because that's not, that's not addressed anywhere. Object That has nothing to do with objectivity either. Objectivity has to do with how is something assessed? Is something a characteristic of the object or is something the characteristic of something external to that object? Okay, whether or not uh, um, an apple reflects red light has nothing to do with anybody, anything outside of that apple. It's only it's a property of the object. That's it's right there in the word objective. It's a property of the object itself and not a property of of any any external observer or any, anything at anything external to the apple okay it reflects light of a certain uh wavelength a certain frequency and, and and you know if we if we define our terms right if we say that that's what it means to be red right. we could argue that color is actually perceived in the brain blah blah blah. Yeah. but here so so if we if we break it down into physical nuts and bolts right if we break it down into this is what we mean when we say red that's an objective standard we can we can measure the wavelength of light. We can measure the frequency of light, and we can that you know 
what, how we describe, it doesn't matter on what we're talking about. It doesn't matter what words we use. It's still, it is what it is, right? And so if we're talking about, if we're basing morality, first of all, if you're basing morality on anything outside of the actions themselves, then by definition, that's not objective. So it's based off of something else. Did you, so did you go into our first argument, like knowing what I meant by that? And what has always classically been meant by objective morality. Did you go into I, that knowing what that was, but still argued from this smaller point? I'm arguing based off of what is said in the argument. Right. And okay. So, so if, if, my if, you're, you if you're saying is if your point is that the words in the argument don't address the content of the argument, that's fine. Then, you know, then whatever we can, we can. So the argument is wrong. Okay. What I'm saying is that, that those are the words that you said, uh, and and so that is what I'm basing it off of. If you're saying that I misunderstood what you said, that's okay. We can revisit it, and that and that's because fine. I have a hard but time believing saying, that you don't you didn't know. That's my point. I have a hard time believing. Well, you keep you stress. I mean, it, people who make and I'm not necessarily talking about you here. I'm talking about people who make the argument stress the objectivity. They stress objectivity, right? They they stress they, the word objective is in there to to make it seem like it's a like it's something like measuring the wavelength of light, right? That to make it seem like it's a a, a measurement of the act itself, and so. If we're talking, if if you want to stress the objectivity, then you have to discuss the objectivity. We're not, and, and so what you're saying is that no, it's not, it's not whether or not the morality is objective. That's the point. You're saying the point is whose subjective perspective counts when we're talking about morality. Yeah, what I'm saying though is there can't be a subjective perspective that is considered objective. That's I think that that's kind of the point. Is is that 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 right? So that that's exactly my point. So too. so I, I think what what was see I so I'm, I'm happy that we agree. What what I don't understand though is like I I feel like you you knew what the point of the argument was, but argued something right. argued something totally differently. Just just right. Just to say that you you won. No, no, I, I understand the intention. Okay, well of then, the why, person. Didn't, why didn't you stop me then at some point and say, okay, let's is, let let's be real clear because, about listen, what we mean? But let, think back to my to my statement to my claim for all we're talking about here. If you're saying that the argument given is not exactly what the argument that they were perceiving or what they were thinking or their concept, that's what I'm talking about. I'm saying that the argument that they gave does not lead to the conclusion that they're giving, that they're proposing. Okay. And so if you're telling me, oh, you're ignoring what you really knew that they were thinking and arguing the semantics and, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the minutia, right. And, and what I'm saying is no, that I, I point pointing out the difference between the semantics and the intent is what I'm doing. I'm pointing out the difference between the semantics and the intent. So that that's that's my approach to this moral argument is I'm saying if you really mean this, then right. But there's also, this argument is not supporting but, this argument that you're giving is not supporting what you're thinking it does. And that and that that was my whole claim is that the 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 premise that, you know, this particular argument does not support the conclusion that it's come to. I mean, I now, guess my point is if I, you I, want to push down a straw man, fine. 
because that that's I think that but that, but it's not a straw man of my making. What I'm saying is that people presenting this argument are presenting the straw man and saying, well, don't attack this straw man that I just put up in front okay, of you. So attack let me, what I mean so, instead. So let me ask you a question. How about we do this then? Because it seems to me then this whole argument for morality then is completely void. If we were talking about two totally separate things the whole time. So that because I think that's where the disconnect was coming from. That's why I finally said, oh, I see what you're saying, because right. I was talking about this thing way up here. Right? right. And you were talking about this thing down here. And I kept thinking you were trying to apply this stuff up here. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I thought you weren't getting it. And here what I'm seeing is, is you got it. You just decided to argue this point. My- no, so no, so, that's listen, that. But, but when you yeah. words have meaning. So look, look, here's the thing. If you go back and look at the moral argument and how it is used and how it is framed historically, they, they were never talking when they said objective morality. They were never talking about what you're talking about. Right. Ever. But you're, you're not you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. I'm listening. Okay, I'm not I, understanding. OK, but here's what I'm here's my point. I agree with you that we were talking about different things. OK, I agree with you that we were talking about different things. And and it's not that I was coming into it saying, oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to you know, this is a straw man. I'm going to attack this because I don't want to attack that or I'm going to address this because I don't want to address this. My whole point of what we're talking about right here is that to point out that what we're talking about are two different things. What I was talking about was what the argument was saying. And what you're talking about is what was meant by the argument. Okay. If you're saying that uh, that words have meaning, right. then we need to use words that express the meaning we're talking about. And so but you could you uh, would agree, though, that cer- certain words could have different meanings based upon what we're talking about. So objectivity right. could be now, different. Let me finish. But let me finish. Right, let me finish. Ahead, OK, so my so what I was what I was doing and when we talked, we didn't. When we had our talk on morality, mm-hmm. we didn't really we, we we introduced the argument for morality at the beginning, but we really didn't discuss the ins and outs of the argument itself. We were just talking about at first, at least we were talking about my approach to morality. Right. right? Yep. And, and and so so we, we addressed this argument differently than we might have done some other ones. But my, my when I when I come up to this, my beef, I say, with the with the argument for morality is not that. You can go on. You can talk about what you want. I'm going to talk about this thing and, and prove it to you. Neener, neener, neener. I'm right. Right. No. What my point here is to point out that there those are two different things. So why didn't you why didn't you start off the argument and say, hey, just so you know, I, I think we're we're going to be talking about two different things. here. OK, I, I think I think that the that the straw man not only is put up by the people making the moral argument, mm-hmm. I would say that in many cases, it's often intentionally put up because it's it seems easier to defend than the actual argument. Okay, so why don't we do this then? Why don't you and I work out uh, and I'll even go back into some some of the literature and see exactly how they defined words, these words. okay, and exactly how it was defined in the past. Why don't we come up? with a suitable argument for morality that both you and I agree on what it's kind of covering the idea. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. We're both on the same page and these Uh words mean X, Y, and Z, and then have a discussion about that. 
because okay, that's fine. That's separate from what we're talking right. about now, though. So what I'm talking about now, though, is 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 uh, again, this does this. <laughs> we're, is, we're right now, even though even now, when we're talking about what we're talking about right now, we're talking about, about different things, things right that we're now. talking about right, right now. now. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just what I'm saying though now is to me, this this whole section is just doesn't mean anything anymore because I understand what you're saying. Uh-huh. I understood what you're saying, but we were okay. if we were talking about two totally different things, then we need to say stop. Whoever's fault it was, it doesn't matter. Let's take a step back and let's a- agree on the terms, agree on the idea, and then mm-hmm. go from there. Because I, I agree okay, with you. That's like, fine. The, I, the, I think that's fine. Yeah, uh, that's fine. I, I agree with that. I think that would be an excellent. Uh, that's an excellent idea, and I would look forward to having that discussion with you. I think that the. If uh, I think what's going to happen is that the and I could be wrong here, but the the I think the, if you were to uh, fully enunciate uh, what you're trying to express in the form of an argument, mm-hmm. I think it wouldn't be nearly as seemingly cut and dry as this argument for morality. I think mm-hmm. that this is I think that the way that the argument for morality is presented, and this is part of my my beef with it here. Yeah. Part of the way that the argument for morality is presented is specifically to make something is to um, even more, even go beyond hyperbole, right? Even to equivocate and, and to, uh, to, to disguise, to obfuscate, right? To, to disguise the, the actual intent and to make it seem a lot more cut so and dry than it actually is. Is that, is that mean that there's nefarious intent? I would think, uh, not nefarious intent, but because like, um, I, I obviously had no such thing because I had no idea even what you were talking about at some point. I don't. Like, we were so far off. I don't think this. I don't think what I'm saying now is necessarily applying to you. Because I, I again, I had I thought we were talking about this meta understanding of who mm-hmm. gets to decide the rules, who, and then right. and then it, and then that's what I thought we were talking about because that's what historically it's meant with these so i i understand what you're saying okay. if you think it's vague if it's so vague or it's talking about something that could i don't be, think it's vague that could i don't be think it's construed. vague i think it's off the mark i think it's i don't think it's vague i don't think it's blurry i think it's in focus but it's in focus in the wrong so place. how would you word it if if we i were, wouldn't if we were going to have an argument based upon what we're talking about here the real mm-hmm. the real argument how would you okay. word that argument? You might not think any of the premises are true. Obviously, you you wouldn't. But oh, okay. Yeah. So how do how do I th- if if uh, if you were a Christian? So if, or, if I'm implying and, they're being di- if I'm implying they're being dishonest, how would they say it if they were being honest? Yeah, is what you're asking yeah, me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then, so we're saying uh, if there's no God, then there can be no uh, rules of behavior that come from God. <sighs> No, I don't think that's what was. I, that's not the intention of the argument at all. No, but but that's but I'm 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 descri- I'm, u- I'm using more specific words other than the vague word real uh, morality. All right. So how about I? And so, about- so so the first so the first premise. And, and again, you asked me how I would right, characterize right, it, and that's right. how I would characterize it. If there is no God, then there can be no uh, rules of behavior given to us by God. P- premise two: okay. there are rules to us given by God. And again, I think that premise is not worded that way specifically because it does assume the conclusion. Okay. Remember, this is a, the whole point of this argument is to prove that there's a God. Right. And so we can't say that there are, in fact, rules of behavior given to us by a God. 
Um, and so, and then the conclusion, of course, would be that there is a God. And again, that those uh, that argument form is valid. So here's here's what here's what they're trying to say. Here's what we've always meant by objective morality. Here's what we've always meant by this argument. Okay. From all history is this. Um, if there is no God, then there are no rules in which everyone must follow or be held or could be held culpable or praiseworthy for. Okay. Okay. But we do see certain things that we hold people culpable for. That, that we say that they're but not that we not that we must hold them culpable. So I would disagree with that. I would say that premise two there is false. So you don't think that we must hold baby child molesters like in every instance, they're all it's always wrong to molest a child and we can condemn them for molesting By, a child. Wait, so so how would you define wrong? So uh, how, how so you have to. So if so, you're going to ask me to judge based on your morality, so. Define the word morality. So, well, I, I think that what we're talking about is that that thing that we all understand to be right, because you and I have talked about this idea that we both agree that there are these things, objective moral standards, right? That we you and I both no, agree I, that there well, are we th- agreed. This thing. We agreed that we can have objective moral standards. Yes. So, again, I, my idea. So I would have to go back in the literature to start to, to look exactly how I actually how I have things defined. Um, okay. But the, the whole idea of the moral argument is to say, hey, look, there are certain things that both you and I know or believe to be wrong. Okay. okay. And I agree with that. In that, in that we hold people. So you and I are the arbiters here then, Scott and Jamie? N- no. Because we, we couldn't be like we all have this innate understanding. Well, we don't all do. We don't all agree okay, on, on right, what's okay. right and wrong. If our faculties are working correctly, there are if there's even one thing. If there's even one thing in which everyone, if faculties are working appropriately and not mm-hmm. not malfunctioning, would agree on. Mm-hmm. And I think I found one. It's always wrong to torture a baby just for your pleasure. I think that everyone right. in all time everywhere would agree on that if their faculties are working properly that they would agree well upon so that. well that see that's well, the hitch right well, there no, what i mean by faculties aren't i just differ in what you think my, what i mean by so, faculties are your, your, your definition so if you're if you're going to give a definition so, like that you need to define it outside of what what so let's what you and i think so so, so you're not you're not saying what you think is right you're just saying well if we all agree what's right if your think if your faculties are are working normally. Okay, but so let's, you're, you're sneaking in you're sneaking in your perspective there by defining what is normal okay, faculties. Okay, right? so let's so let's let's stop this. Um, okay, this down going down this trail. It's so that we could um, so that I could bring together some kind of proper uh, argument that you would agree that you and I are both arguing on the same point. You know what I'm saying? As far as okay. the morality argument. So let's let's okay. I mean, we, I'm not saying we have to put a pin in this episode. I'm just saying let's right. put a pin in in this and let's readdress this argument, because obviously mm-hmm. we were on two different. You and I were arguing two totally separate things. And uh, and you stated that you didn't think it was somehow malicious on my point, And I was saying that, hey, I'm just using the verbiage that's always been used in that Right. We all understand, or at least I thought we all understood what these words ultimately meant. 
Um, right. So obviously the, I was wrong on that. And so I need so. to be very much more specific in the definitions. And I think that's probably where we will find, um, like, I, I have a feeling that the philosophers listen. I mean, it's not just Christian philosophers who are saying, the, the, I mean, you, you have amazing um, skeptical minds that think that this argument is, they, they, they won't say that it's, um, they may not agree with it as far as the conclusion goes, um, but they they all understand, I don't say all, but you know what I'm saying? They understand the point, mm-hmm. the point. So obviously these people right. don't think that, that even skeptics uh, th- uh, throughout philosophers, uh, you know, ethicists, skeptical eth- ethicists have agreed that, okay, yeah, I, I understand what's going on here. So right. what I need to do then is just find a way to verbalize this that you would then say, okay, I, I agree with how you've worded that and okay. I agree with the definitions and now let's and and now let's talk about it because right but but that's again that's that's aside from from the point I was making my, my beef with the argument here is that if 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 the argument is actually about something different then Okay, that's fine. Then make that different argument. Right, but, okay, but, don't don't make this argument. Don't talk about objective morality when it's not objective that you're talking. It's not objectivity that you're talking about, because as as you agreed already, I I was able to present a moral framework that could be assessed objectively. But I don't. Again, I I don't understand why you, this didn't get brought up in terms of like it, if that was your beef from the start. Why didn't you say that from the start instead of arguing two episodes worth uh, of? Well, because I thought the other stuff that we were talking about was also a value. I think that I, I, but that was. Do you see how I, that, I, that was? A, do you see how that makes you look? I'm, I'm not saying this. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but do you see how that makes you look disingenuous? Almost like you. No, you almost, not at all. Almost like you realize this after the fact and said, "Oh, you know what I'm saying." Like what I'm saying is, is no. We, we when we were t- when we had our discussion on morality, we clearly were most of that time were not addressing this particular argument. And so, and I, I was, show, I was show, the the examples. They were relevant to the argument in that I was showing that the I was demonstrating in spades that this argument is trivially false. That you know, it's trivially fails. But you you never came and, out and said that in the way that we're talking about now. You never came out and said, "Hey, my beef right now primarily is 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 the fact that that the, these these words." Um, I, I think there's maybe I thought shrouded. that maybe I thought that was obvious from what I was saying. No, I, and the that, whole time maybe, I thought I, we I, were the whole time. Okay, I thought you well, were arguing that I thought you and I were arguing the same thing. That's why when I had my aha moment, it was, oh, we were arguing two totally different things. How do we argue with two totally different things? Of course, if you all agree on the rules of chess, then one move is better than the other. But that's not what I was talking about. And okay. Yeah. All right. But but again, and I I feel like I'm having to belabor this point. If the and so what what you the way you just described what I was talking about was focusing on the word objective. It was focusing on the objectivity of the standard, right? And so if the focus of this argument is not actually the objectivity of the standard, then that shouldn't be the central word 
to the to the argument. My that shouldn't aha be, moment it, was focused on the the idea that we were debating two totally different things. We were talking about two right. totally different, and I had right. no idea until that moment in the car. I'm like, oh, like. I was I was pointing out that the argument fails because it's not about objectivity. If 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 you're going to make an argument that's not about objectivity, then don't talk about objectivity. But the, again, my it's pretty you know, it's pretty simple. Right, but my point is this: Why is it that throughout the history of this argument, both Christian and skeptic understood what was meant by these words, but then all of a sudden you didn't? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for, through the no, history. Well, you make it sound like I was the No, I, obviously, I wasn't the only person who ever had this beef. It's been brought up again. This beef has been brought up time and time but again as well. Why are you that's only what bringing Sam it up Harris now? Is, why are you only that's bringing what, up this beef now in this way after the fact instead of saying, hey, wait, 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 wait. No, I think, that's the first thing I said. That's the first thing I said when we talked about morality. Is that I was talking about the I was focusing on objectivity but, and I was saying right, but look, it's different. It, it, that's not what I clearly meant by fail. That. That's not what I meant by that. That's not what it has ever meant by that. <laughs> that's my point. Is you knew that this is it's it's that's never what this has meant within this argument. I understand that objectivity means certain things, but it could also mean other things. Objectivity has always meant a certain thing within this argument. Right. And so like, and so what I'm saying is that it's presented in one way and that's the deception there. That's the bait and switch. Right. You present you use the word objective to make it look like that's what you're talking about when you're not. It's not objectivity you're talking about. It's talking about whose subjective perspective should we follow? So should we follow God's per subjective perspective or should we follow Jamie's pers uh, subjective perspective or should we follow Hitler's subjective perspective? OK, and so that's that that's all I did talk about that. That was the, the main thrust of what I first started talking about was that you can't say that it's objective, that we focused on that point, objectivity. That's my whole discussion was saying, here's why. Right. But because right. I can make it, I can make a case for an objective morality that's different than what you're saying. And so if you're talking about objectivity, you failed in the argument. The argument fails if it's objectivity you're talking about. So, OK, right. so if it's not it. about a chip about activity, then we shouldn't talk about that. Then you should you, you say, well, people have been that people have understood that that was what was meant. No, people don't understand that that's what was meant. That's why it's still being discussed so, today. So if people understood that that's what was meant, that it's really just a might makes right at the end. I mean, that's what it's all going to boil down to. And, and so. People don't want to present their argument as a might, you know, might makes right. And so Listen, they, so they word is, it this way. So this is the maybe, maybe intentionally, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally. Maybe they're trying to fool us. Maybe they're fooling themselves. But it's not. But this argument, if it's about objectivity, it fails. So this is the for the simple. So I'll, I'm almost done right. for the simple, trivial case of you know, that whole big discussion we had about here's an objective standard we could have for morality. Okay. Now, go. Yeah. Like, so uh, how is it that again, we're having this conversation now. Mm -hmm. I don't remember us having that come. I, all I remember is you trying to prove your point, right? I don't ever remember. Yeah. I don't ever, and this was my point, right? But no, your point was that there could be an objective standard, right? And, and right. that's, but my thing is this, you knew we were talking about two different things, and yet I, I, I'll go back and listen to it, but I don't remember you going, hey, wait a second, time out. 
I think we're talking about two totally different things. So we, I don't remember that. I, I okay. don't remember that. that okay, that we was, can go back and listen. That was my aha moment where I was like, oh, we were talking about two different things. So my point is, it doesn't matter if I presented a straw man or not. You knocked over a straw man because that's not what my argument was intended to be. So, right. fine. If you I, want. I, I said that. I did say that. Okay. And it was one of the first thing I said. I said, I said, this argument hinges not on the objectivity of morality. It argues on how we're defining morality. Go back and listen. It was uh, way at the beginning. I, way at the beginning. Regardless of how that came out. I was completely clueless, so I spent two whole episodes arguing from what I thought we both agreed on. We both, I thought we both had an understanding of what this moral argument was proposing, right? That, and that's that's not surprising because you're you you subscribe to this argument, and I'm not making a commentary on your intelligence or anything like that. And just it's just your perspective is is to inherit, you know, you say this, you say this argument and you mean this other argument. That's just the way that you were taught the argument. You, you say, well, people have, have under, you know, skeptics and whatever have understood it this way for millennia. No, no, that, that's not the case. People have been pointing this out so time and time and time again. It's just not everybody has, not all apologists or Christians or theists or whatever have the same aha moment that you did. You had an aha moment that said, wait a minute, he's talking about something different. Right. And so, that was my point. But my, so now, so at that right, moment, yeah. you came to agree with what I was yeah, trying to but say. My point is my aha moment was not that, oh, you beat my argument. That wasn't my aha moment. My aha moment was we were talking about a different argument. That's not the argument right. I was trying to make. Right. So, so all that, and that was my point. So all we have now my, is we j just spent a whole hour and a half or whatever figuring out that that, that we need to have some clarification. Well, you, you seem like we're wasting our time. No, I'm not. no we had I'm not. we had we had to go through that to get to this no, point. I get that. I get that. Right. Now go back and, and but go back and listen to it and see if I don't mention way at the beginning okay. that it's not about objectivity. It's about how we define morality. Okay. Well, we should. If that's the case, I mean, then that's the case. I mean, it's on tape. I'm not doubting Good. that. Okay. So, so that is that what you just uh, came to realize mm -hmm. is my argument against this argument for morality. Again, that's fine. It just sounds to me like you're saying, I don't care if I'm arguing something you don't, you weren't trying to argue with. I won. No, no, I'm not saying you weren't trying to argue. I'm not saying I'm not arguing with something you weren't trying to argue with. What I'm saying is if you're going to present one argument in play, if you're going to prop up the straw man, whether or not you knew it was a straw man, whether or not you intentionally did it is, you know, intentionally put up a straw man. What I'm saying is your argument is not representing what you're really thinking. And here's why. Because the way that you say it is trivially false. Okay, so which I which so, I think you agree so, with. So, so your and point so if, is if the way if the way that you present it is trivially false, then why do you keep presenting it that way? Because I had no idea that that's how that that that, that is uh, that that was your take on the moral argument. Okay, and now you've come to understand. So that. let's now let's create. Uh, uh, some kind of moral argument that both you and I would agree on, and let's debate that. That's fine because that's fine. It's going to be a short argument. 
Maybe. Listen, there's it's nothing. It's going to be a you say you say one thing nope. and I'll say something nope. else. Listen, I think it'll be. I th- I think you're doubting or you are uh, unlimiting our uh, our abilities to drag crap <laughs> on forever. Okay. We we will. Right. We, yeah. So I- well, you'll know you'll notice that what you just talked about, mm-hmm. what you just suggested, yeah. I actually have in the outline. Of, of our plan for tonight. Okay, which is so, so don't say that I where? you know that I wasn't No it's a no, point four E, right? Yeah, there. no, what where does this leave us? What is Jamie's definition right, of morality? What I'm saying though, what I'm saying though is it seems to me that 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 again, I'm not implying nefarious intent, but it, it seems to me that 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 you realized this or that Again, I was not, you and I were not on the same page, yet you continue to argue, and it seemed like... Well, no. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, like, like, we were not on the same page, and I think that you knew we weren't on the same page, and I didn't. Okay. My aha moment was, oh, we weren't on the same page. Right. So, I guess, I guess your, your, your... This whole thing with the argument for morality should be summed up more like, hey, I've proven the fact that we weren't on the same page. Because to me, that's what. No, well, it's it's not that you and I were on, on not on the same page. It's that the what what the person what the thought behind the argument is and the actual argument itself is not on the same page. And so the fact that I was my my whole point there was trying to point out that your argument is not on the same page as what you're thinking. And here's why. And so the fact that don't you know, don't uh, judge me harshly because I knew we were we weren't on the same page because I spent hours and hours trying to explain to you why we weren't on the same page. And it's not because you and I, our thought processes were on a different wavelength, although they clearly were on different wavelengths. It's, it's that um, I was recognizing the disparity there between the, what was supposedly the meaning behind the argument and the presentation of the argument. I was pointing out that difference and you didn't recognize the difference. And then later I wasn't arguing necessarily my perspective. I was, I was arguing against the argument. I was, I was going to where the argument took me and I was saying, look at what we got. Okay. So I was taking the position of if you actually are arguing this, it doesn't mesh with, with reality, with what you're, with what you're thinking. It seems like that you did that. And now again, you may have said so. And, um, and, and that may be the case, but I never, Got it. What I got from our discussions was um, was that, at least now looking in hindsight, is that you knew all along that what the argument says and what I thought it meant was different, but I feel like that was kind of cloaked. And, and, and you just, like, like, again, I'll go back and listen to it. I'm not saying that there no, was that's fine. nefarious that's fine. intent. I'm just saying that... I wasn't laughing at you. I was just kind of laughing at kind of the absurdity of the situation because from my perspective I was standing on a hill waving flags saying hey look at this difference you know I was at lights and you know flashing neon lights pointing and saying look at this difference and I and I felt like that's what I was doing the whole time and then you were saying and then you say wait a minute 
you knew that difference was there the whole time and you didn't yeah, say I it. Think and so you were giving me, it, it felt like you were giving me an example without context, right? So you, you may have been giving me an example and thinking, and you may have even said it, but in my right, mind, I get in it. My mind, I get it. it. It seems like you um, were giving example after example after example, <laughs> and you in your mind were thinking, see that what I'm saying and, and what you're thinking are two different things, but it that never that never computed with me. All I when you kept giving examples, I, when you kept giving examples, I I was assuming you were applying those examples or you were using those examples to try to refute what I was thinking we were talking about. So I thought So what were, we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I almost <laughs> said that a second ago. Oh dang. You you beat me to it. Okay. That's fine. So again, but again, from it's it's I don't feel like I was being deceptive. Maybe I was being unintentionally deceptive, but from my perspective, what I was doing is like I said, standing on a hill, waving flags, you know, pointing at this big gaping chasm between, you know, these two perspectives. And and it's not and it wasn't between your perspective and my perspective, at least that's not my perspective of our perspectives, right? right, right? right. And so from, from my, from what I was seeing is I was pointing out the difference between this is what you mean. And this is what you said. Okay. Yeah. I did not get that at all from our, our discussions. And that could just be the fact that I was again, okay. I was, cause I think what happened is, is I'm thinking the whole time that, that you and I are on the same page on what this argument is yep. intending and that you were using these examples to try to disprove what I was thinking the argument intended. Well, you know what I'm saying? But in reality, yep. you were yep. using these examples to try to show that this argument wasn't what I thought the argument was or wasn't stated the way you think it should be or semantically there needs to be some more conciseness or or different words or something. Right. Okay. I I totally agree and I you know what and I am thrilled. I am thrilled because I think you I think I think what we just came to understand in the last half hour is something that other people can spend years and years banging their heads against the wall and can't figure out. The problem <laughs> isn't that Jamie's an idiot and Scott's a genius. Right. The pro and or the vice versa, right. or that Jamie's a genius and Scott's an idiot. The problem is that Jamie's from Mars and Scott's from Venus, right? It's right. like we're 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 using totally different perspectives to approach the problem. So um, my point here is not well. I, I I don't need to belabor this point. I don't need to belabor the point. We've already kind of agreed that yeah, and 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 I agree that it's a fairly trivial point. To, to have made, but that the argument as presented does not lead, does not rationally lead to its, its conclusion. Although I will get, I will give you the caveat that if the argument was intended to mean something else, then perhaps, you know, we would need to readdress that. Yeah. We're going to have to readdress it because it, it, you, I think you and I are both on the same page now on what it's supposed to address. And I think okay. I think that we should, again, like I said, come up with some real concise, you know, whatever. Like I'm going to go back in the literature and, and reread some of the, um, you know, so, some of the verbiage and figure out exactly okay. what their definitions are and why they define things the way they do. Um, 
so that so that next time we have that or this morality discussion, maybe it could be more fruitful. Not that this wasn't. I think this was amazingly fruitful, but you know what I mean. As far as right. coming to an understanding of the moral argument, the way it was uh, intended to be. I wouldn't use the word intended because, again, I think that there is at least a subconscious. Um, no obfuscation going no, on. No, because there. it's again. I, I, what I. But but that but we that point that point itself we can also discuss. Okay, we're gonna have to whether or not it, there. It, 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 I think that. Now anyhow, I'm just repeating myself. This <laughs> okay, point. okay. So uh, just to wrap, just to put a little bow on on our talk today. So we had, um, we had the cosmological argument. Okay, so leg one swept. Okay, and then we had the argument for morality. <laughs> leg two swept. <laughs> So then we got two more legs to go. Two more legs for you to sweep. Yeah. Two more legs to sweep. So we got the fine tuning argument yep. and Jesus' resurrection story. And so we'll address those in part two. Help us. Of sweep the legs. Help us, Lord. And <laughs> uh, I have no response to that. <laughs> I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Jamie. Why? You know, I, I'll, I'll, <sighs> I've said this before and I'll say it again. I appreciate your willingness to do this with yeah. me. It, it's un, it's uncomfortable. It's one of those things that it's uncomfortable at the time, but you look back and you say, man, yeah, was good. I'm so glad I did yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's good. I say that all the time to, to my wife, Carissa. I'm like, man, I don't want to do this podcast. Like, right. like you know, like just the moments leading up to it, you're like, oh, it's going to be a fight. But then, a- <laughs> but then afterwards, I'm like, oh, man, that was that was actually really good. With the exception of the first truth one. springs right. from argument among friends. Right. I, I think I just said to you there, true. It's not truth springs from. I can't remember exactly how I said it. It's okay. not that truth springs from um, argument, you know, twiddling around in the daisies with your friends. Right. Right. Truth springs from argument among friends. Right. We need a crucible of fire to get to the truth. That's right. And, um, you know, so let's bring it. I'll bring the matches again next time. All right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. That was uh, that was Sweep the Legs Part 1. How do you how do you think I did on that one, uh, oh, well, Jamie? I, I don't think you did it, but I thought you did a good job. Oh, okay. So you, so, th- I so, mean, so you I thought it was a great kind of attempt. Like, me sweeping the legs of one of those like those kung fu dummies or something, right? It and a, it just I thought I it was slam up against it. <laughs> of course, I would say it was a good attempt, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I still thought you had some uh, good points, good points in there, even, even right. though I might disagree. I thought there well, we'll uh, we'll we'll do it. We'll do a sum up when we after we do the uh, sweep the legs two part two. Then we'll I'll, we'll have a little bit at the end of it where we kind of summarize all of the how the how your stool got into such a horrible condition. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, good. Okay, so uh, so let's go on then to our next bit for today, and that is going to be spin the wheel. Let's so spin let's it. R- roll right into there. Spin that wheel. Okay, spin the wheel. This is a guest, not a guest, a listener favorite. I know a lot of our listeners have have um, sent us messages and said, "Man, I love the spin the wheel." I think because they're short, and um, you know, and and they they range all kinds of different topics. 
so, I think it's because usually there's only one of us talking at a time <laughs> during the spin the wheel. Could, I think that's be. it. That might it's be easier the case. to follow. Yeah, that's that. That would be the case. So let's go. I'm gonna spin the wheel. Actually, why don't um, why don't you go first and answer? So let's spin the wheel for you here. Okay, so Set you're spinning here. the wheel. Yep, I'm spinning the wheel for you. Gotcha. Okay, this question for you, Scott, goes back to the argument that you had made in one of our previous podcasts about um, some of the um, some of the arguments for God's existence being circular, as okay. we kind of presuppose the existence of God and therefore kind of God exists type of thing, and that that that. You know, this applies to that kind of existence claim. My question uh-huh. is, I, I, I'm not sure if I was, I'm not sure if I clearly understood the distinction. So um, help me better understand this in this spin the wheel. So when I say that, you know, I'm not making the assertion that God exists uh-huh. and then going from there that you know, then, then obviously using an argument to, to show that God exists. I'm saying that it's possible that there's nothing logically incoherent with the idea of a God existing. Right. And so I made that distinction and I, I either I don't remember or, or I was unsat, it was unsatisfactory your answer to um, that distinction. It seems like that distinction of, saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not asserting that God exists. I'm just saying in these arguments that it, it is logically possible. Mm-hmm. And then going from there. So could you kind of fill in the gaps for me on why or, or you know, even by making that distinction, how that's still circular? Sure, sure. All right, let's start okay. the timer. All right. Okay, so, uh, well, the gist of that argument was that, uh, and, and this applies to not just God claims, but anytime you're trying to indirectly prove that something exists. So, in other words, we don't already know that it exists. Uh, because we know that if things don't exist, then um, if, they, if things don't exist, then they can't cause other things. So, here, for example, let's say that I wanted to prove that, you know, flurbs exist, and I... And so I, I make an observation that, uh, you know, this, uh, this effect just happened. You know, this window just opened on its own. Uh, well, I know that flurbs open windows. And so maybe, um, you know, maybe a flurb could have caused this window to open. And I, I don't see any other cause around here that could have opened that window. So it must have been a flurb. Um, and the problem with that is that um, since we, we're trying to prove that flurbs do exist, and so we can't begin by assuming that they do exist, because if they don't exist, then they can't cause anything. They can't, they can't cause anything. And so, um, so you're saying, but I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to say that it definitely did that. I'm trying to say that, um, you know, there's a probability or, or probabilistic argument. And so no, just um, not probabilistic, just that it's not logically incoherent. So it's just not logically yeah. incoherent. Right. So that right. It, it could possibly in theory exist. Right. Right. So, um, 
But the thing is that there's an infinite number of things that are logically possible that could have happened. Um, the difference is that things, if we're, we're talking about an actual effect, an actual real effect that's observed. And so, um, and so the difference there is that the, the thing couldn't cause the, you know, it can't cause it unless it does exist. And so to suggest that, and I'm going to go over a little bit of time here. That's fine. Yep. Uh, um, and to suggest that it could be the cause assumes that, well, I well, it, you could approach it one of two ways. You could either say, "I'm assuming that these things exist," and so and so then maybe this thing could, you know, it could have caused that effect. Or another way uh, to approach it would be, "I don't know if this if this thing exists." And so, but in that case, you have to you can't just say, "I don't know if this exists," but it could have caused this effect. Um, if you don't know that the thing exists, then you have to. Uh, you have to couch your the next statement in, by saying, "But if it does exist, then it could have ca- it could have caused this." And so the problem there, though, is that if you have to take that second route where you don't, where you try to avoid the circular reasoning by not assuming the thing exists that you're trying to prove exists, um, and but then you're left with, if the thing does exist, it could have caused this. And but and then when you get to your conclusion, you know, it's going to be something along the lines of, well, since one of your premises was if this thing exists, then it could have caused this effect. Then at the end, you're, you, you have to say, well, if God exists, then God exists, you know, and, and so that if God exists, then the rest of this could have happened. But if God doesn't exist, then it couldn't have happened. And I don't know if that uh, did anything at all to make <laughs> To make you more comfortable with my answer, well, I, I don't know. I, yeah, no. I don't know if it's something that will really fit into a two-minute, uh, uh, a two-minute uh, uh, little right. approach here. But well, maybe we could, maybe we could revisit that uh, again at some something. point. Yeah, that, um, I mean, and, that, I was just trying to see if there was something specific that mm-hmm. would that would make one instance circular, but the other mm-hmm. not. Because in so one let, instance, well, let, I'm assuming I, I'm uh-huh. saying yes, it does exist. And in this, you know, it, it is the cause for this thing. I could see right. how that would be circular, but saying, hey, it's it's at least feasible. It's logically possible that this thing exists. And now let's go through the argument and, and see, you know, because obviously some right. of those arguments work in different kinds of attributes that that yeah. thing would have or whatever, you know. Right, so, right. And so if so if you if you approach it that way, then you're stuck with that second prong. Then so what you're saying is if it's logically possible for this thing to exist, then if it exists, it could have caused this. It could have caused this thing. And if, and if that's the case, then the fact that we observed the effect, uh, you know, could be inferentially tied to hmm. the existence of the thing. Let me give you a, a, a slightly different take on it. Let's say we're not trying to use this, in, uh, this argument to prove that something exists. For example, uh, let's say that um, we're trying to prove that uh, somebody moved my cheese or, or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is we're trying to show. Now, we know that um, if I um, if I propose that maybe you moved my cheese. OK, so in that case, I don't have to assume that you exist because we already have more direct methods of, of knowing that you exist. And so in that case, by by saying, well, maybe Jamie did it, um, I'm not. I'm not having to make any assumptions, okay? I'm building it on stuff that we already know. And, and it's not, you know, this isn't an argument to, yeah. to show that Jamie exists. 
Um, is there anything are- else that falls into that existence claim? I mean, like, I mean, other than, yeah, things that we don't know exist. Like, can you name yeah, anything would, else other it than would be God? Any, it would be, you know, anything that we don't already have proof that it exists. Like, right. uh, let's say um, red matter. Okay. Red matter, I, I believe, was uh, featured in one of the Star Trek movies. And, and uh, but we don't have any actual evidence that red matter exists. And so if I go out into space and I notice that there's some weird effect, if, if I try to say, hmm, maybe red matter did this, red matter could because red matter does that kind of thing. So maybe maybe there's red matter here because here's this this effect. But if, if I'm trying to use that argument to prove that red matter exists, I'm, I'm making assumptions about an actual red matter. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, well, I know that it, it, it can cause this effect and, and that kind of thing. And so, um, so any, it, it, I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's not really tied to God. It's applied, it's tied to um, any type of indirect argument for the existence of a thing that we don't already have other kinds of more direct evidence that at least they exist. Yeah, this will be to be continued uh, for yeah. sure, because there's there's like I have like 15 different questions now I want right, to ask. Right, we right. can't. Okay, I'm refraining. I'm putting on the brakes. Okay, right, spin that. Let's spin it for me now. Let's let's All see right, what spin what the I wheel here. With. All right, here we go. Big money, big money. No politics and no religion. No politics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's no politics, but it is uh, a, a religious question here. But it, it's not too bad. It's it's um, um. So uh, we've talked about hell before briefly. I don't think we've had really any lengthy discussions about hell. But uh, um, I, I believe that what you said was you didn't see hell as like a fiery pit of fire. Or, well, what, whatever, whatever. Maybe we can maybe we can talk about hell at some point. But what I want to know today is. What happens to people that never hear about Jesus? Okay, and so and and you can kind of take this in whatever direction you want. You sometimes you hear people say things like, "Well, you know, they go to purgatory, or maybe you know they automatically get to go to heaven, or whatever." You know, regardless of what you what you believe about hell, I know you mm-hmm. believe in heaven, and so um, so and that and that uh, getting into that heaven has to do with. Um, something with Jesus, okay? Right. But but the question is, what about people that never hear about Jesus? What happens to them? Okay, good question. So as Christians, what we would say is that it does hinge upon Jesus for this reason, is that God is a perfectly just God, and we um, have been given moral boundaries by which we should live. And we break those every day. And so if God is going to be perfectly just, he's got to dish out or dole out a punishment for that. But obviously the punishment would be separation from him and he doesn't necessarily want that. So he decides to take upon himself that punishment. And that's where Jesus comes in. God came to earth as Jesus and died as that punishment uh, in our place so that God could remain just and um, and allow for this kind of forgiveness of sin or forgiveness from our moral departure from what his boundaries were. Now, that's the only reason why Jesus comes into this. So 
People don't need to know Jesus in order to be saved. What people need is, is that, um, that pardon placed upon their lives, so to speak. So someone could not know who Jesus is, uh, say a Native American. He could look up to the sky and know that God exists, know, knows that, that he, through his moral compass, has, has somehow not been correct with God. And based upon his knowledge, the Billy Graham, uh, the great late Billy Graham believed this, that based upon um, the knowledge that was given to him is the basis upon which God will judge him. And so God will judge him based upon the information he has. And obviously, if, if, he, if he gets in, then Jesus's atonement would be applied to his sins. But just because he doesn't like say the name of Jesus or know the name of Jesus doesn't mean he wouldn't get into heaven. We see that in the Old Testament. You know, we see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. None of these people knew who Jesus was. Yet Jesus said they were righteous. And, you know, we know at least a few of those specifically mm-hmm. within the Bible got into heaven with, with without knowing the name of Jesus. So as far as the unevangelized go, I believe that God judges us based upon um you know, the information that we have been given. So obviously I would probably be held to a much higher standard having not only a creative revelation and, and re uh, revelation in my conscience, but also having um, the revelation of the Bible. And so if Christianity is true, I'd probably be uh, judged based upon a higher standard. And one last thing is this, is (laughs) we know that God is perfect. Well, at least in the the idea or the the standard idea of God is he's perfectly just. He's a maximally great being. And so we know that people will not, they will not be judged unjustly, that God will be the perfect, uh, perfectly moral judge. And so no, no matter how the unevangelized, no matter how that works out, even if I'm wrong, whatever happens will be completely just. And so that's what I think about the unevangelized. Oh. Ooh, that is what we call in the gaming world a target-rich environment. Boy, that was I had to bite my tongue so many times there. So that is a fertile ground for uh, spawning Another, all kinds of new discussions yeah. and, and so on. It's so, funny. There's very little that I say that you're like, yeah. I, almost everything I say, you're like, oh, whoa. Back it up I about a, a whole sentence are, here so we can. You're, you're, are you assuming that I would disagree with anything you said there? Because yeah. there might, maybe I, you know, I, did, well, I just said target-rich environment. Well, well, here's the thing, though. You could... I suppose that was implying I was like a sniper, right? right so I, I was suppose, kind of implying right? that yeah, I was trying to pick off targets. Well, the thing is, is this, is I, I mean, I guess you could disagree with that in terms of you're a naturalist, but as far as the Christian perspective, I mean, there's only a couple of different ideas on how that plays out. And hmm. that's one of them. So, okay. You know, the other is, and yeah. I mean, obviously we could cut this if, if we want to from the podcast, but the other one is based on passage in first, uh, first Corinthians where the apostle Paul says that people are, are, are born in a time and a place so that they could, um, you know, so they could uh, know who God is. And so another idea behind that is that God knows in his infinite knowledge who would, under what circumstances, accept his reprieve and that God does that. Like he he orchestrates so that that will happen uh, if hmm. somebody is 
ever open or ever willing, then he will place them in circumstances in which they would come to know him. Obviously, then making it that no one could say, well, I'd never heard of you or, or I didn't know, you know, that, that, uh-huh. that will not be an excuse uh, in heaven. If Christianity is real, uh-huh. then that just follows, you know, uh, th- th- that's just but obviously you could say, well, I don't think Christianity is real or I think that's um, uh, contradictory or, or whatever. But that's hmm. uh, yeah, that's the. The basic gist. You know, I, I think we have to stop fooling ourselves, and I think we have to readjust the timer so it's like five minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we started out strong, you yeah, know, first uh, couple of episodes, we really nailed that two minute. Or yeah, either yeah. that, or we need to be more committed to the two minute. Yeah, uh, to the two minute time maybe, frame. Maybe the first one, but you know, in 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 defense for me and for you in this particular one, it's not like I pitched you some kind of some kind of ground ball here. Um, right. That was like easy to answer. Like y- your explanation of what we're even talking about would take two minutes right, if right. you were the, if you were the micro machine man. You know what I'm saying? You remember those yeah. commercials back in the day, micro machine, and he was real fast. Uh, blah, yeah, blah, 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 yep. yeah. It, it would yep, take two minutes that. for you to explain uh, just what we were talking about in in two minutes. So if we're gonna be uh, fair about it, uh, we're not necessarily giving each other. These easy, super easy, <laughs> short things. Uh, right, but. right. Anyhow, all so right, that well, was, uh, <laughs> if it all makes it in there. A uh, bonus the ex- uh, director's extended wheel. cut. That's right. <laughs> hey, it's our episode. It's our podcast. We'll do what we want. Exactly. Uh, and that's it. All right. And <laughs> that was good. And there it was. All right. Yet another installment of spin the wheel is in the books and that about wraps it up for episode number 19 today please send us your ideas questions and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com if you'd like to know about more about the topics covered in this episode jamie recommends what, reasonable what faith re- reasonable Reason- faith by william lane craig i've used this maybe one other time before um since we were talking about uh the beginning of the universe and objective moral values and duties um, both of those arguments are contained within the book, and uh, the Reasonable Faith book is the scholarly version of um, a popular book that he has out. So I think that there's more more beef to the book okay. and, and, and more stuff in there. So I think people would enjoy reading that as it pertains to those arguments. What do you got? Uh, well, well, just got a curiosity. What was the name of the other book? The popular version of their same, uh, same on title? guard, on guard, like, on guard. um, like you're gonna, you're gonna sword fight, like someone. you're fencing. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, my recommendation comes from a physicist by the name of Lawrence Krauss. He wrote a book and has a, a video and a, and a lecture, um, of the same name called a universe from nothing. Why there is something rather than nothing. And, and what he does is he takes all of the, um, you know, current physics, the current state of the physics world, and he applies it to, well, first of all, he explains what a physicist means when they say nothing, which is different than, um, than a philosopher, what a philosopher might consider nothing. Right. And so, so he sets the groundwork there and then he, he just takes it from there showing how, um, how physics shows that a universe can in fact come from nothing and and uh, nothing with a little asterisk by it but that was a uh, universe from nothing why there is something rather than nothing by Lawrence Krauss 
So thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we hope you'll be back with us next time when Jamie and I will be talking about epistemology. Until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. See ya. This has been the God or Not Podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. 